0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the new SmackDown podcast on the internet. That's it, full stop. They don't exist otherwise. Talking specifically about the SmackDown 6 era, a time when wrestlers, including but not limited to Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Chavo Guerrero, made SmackDown really worth watching. There's a whole era of it, from 2002 to 2004. We're covering it. We're in the middle of it. And we're even covering the September 11, 2003 episode of SmackDown today. Really excited about it. I am your host. Matt Vaughn, I'm with you each week on the podcast, thanks for joining me, great having you back, you look good, have you been working out, you know what, even if you haven't working out, you still look good, it doesn't really matter, and with me on this journey, every time I have a guest co-host, and sometimes they're related to me, sometimes they're not, this time, related to me, the one, the man I call the beta test for Matt is here, my oldest brother, Will Vaughn, how are you doing, Will? Matt, I like to call myself Matt Vaughn, V1-a, oh, no. happy to be
1: here. <laughs> On the Smackdown 6 Podcast, as always, discussing the comings and goings of our favorite superstars. Uh, Us discussing it, of course, uh, not being superstars or former talents or producers or writers or anything. We're actually, Matt, part of what they like to call (laughs) WWE Universe, Matt. Which they didn't. I don't know if you were part of a
0: universe. They didn't call us that at the time, which is so interesting. This is one of the fun things about oh, yeah. uh, revisiting this stuff. You know, the, one of the reasons, folks, I'm doing this podcast is that after this period of watching SmackDown, I stopped watching wrestling for a decade or more. Like 15 years, if not more than that. Uh, was, sorry. And I'm watch As I say that, my, my brother Will here is lifting up, He's lifting a glass, uh, which which it it features many WWE superstars on it. The one most prominently when he lifted up was uh, Roman Reigns, pre-tribal chief. Oh, there, and now he's... No, he's John Cena. Anyway, he's got a cup with him on it. Uh, so that's a cup <laughs> is from
1: 2000, I'm going to say 13 or 14. It features prominently on either end of the cup, Roman Reigns, John Cena, also Seth Rollins when he had half a bleached head, Randy Orton, the Bella Twins, Rusev, mm-hmm. and one Daniel Bryan. This is who is uh, featured on this WWE 2014 cup.
0: It's always interesting, you know, you go through who's on there, who's not. It's also interesting, you know, we are – when we're recording this podcast, we are only – we're a few weeks behind. Like, you know, the time you're listening to this, we've talked about this, like, weeks ago, right? So, um, in the meantime, in the last few weeks, uh, Spanky has been prominent on the podcast, at least on the ones that have have gone out. And since we recorded them, Spanky has since been – Lightly canceled, I would say, for spreading conspiracy theories that I, I mean, like literally, yeah.
1: literally barred from wrestling on television <laughs> in his all elite wrestling debut. Yes. Uh, I, I forget the exact timeline, but like basically, you know, thrown down the stairs by Harland, uh, cut from WWE a few weeks later, and then AEW, it's him and Brian Danielson to open Dynamite. And then like Moxley, the, wasn't Moxley? Or, or Mox, pardon Moxley. me. Moxley. One, you know, one of their one of their pillars, Matt. One of their
0: pillars. You know, they're not. The, you know, those two are pillars, right? Those are their secondary pillars. Those are the pillars. They have, are they, pillars. Capilla- they, they,
1: yes, they have four pillars. Capillaries.
0: Yes, they're wow. really veins.
1: Cody, uh, hey, Hold on, well, you know, AEW discussion. We also know that Cody. I know. Uh, anyway, it was well crazy at this though. time. He showed up at the a, Chamber.
0: Well, that's what I'm just saying, right? It's like. <laughs> I don't think that happened, we but can't I can say right up. now, we by the time this up. comes out, I can say, you know, I think I think Cody Rhodes' debut was crazy. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true or not, but the time we're listening to it is a time when he has just left AEW. <sighs> anyway, I don't know if this is interesting for anybody outside of the people who are currently uh, saying these words to you right now, but we're talking about SmackDown. We're talking about if the SmackDown. If you're listening to
1: this, you probably find it lightly interesting. Uh, Hopefully. Or you're related to so. us, and you have to listen to us anyway, so. You do not have to sorry, listen to us.
0: Sorry, not
1: sorry. It's what you get. So we got a great show, guys. We're talking about weird. For Christmas. What's that? <laughs> that's <laughs> get not what
0: blue yeti microphones. We're talking about a weird episode of SmackDown, and okay. I say that regularly enough. Every couple months, I'm always like, "Oh, this episode's weird. This is a weird mm-hmm. episode." And there's some very mm-hmm. clear reasons. We're talking about September 11th, 2003 episode of SmackDown. Ring a bell? Does, does the fact Ring that ding? September 11th <laughs> is the date factor to the show? It does at least once actually twice and one time is so strange it's so strange it's near the end of the... we're going to talk about it later on the show it'll be towards the end of this podcast it is it one of the strangest out of things freaking nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. it's so weird it's so weird oh my goodness. i love it sometimes these things happen like i uh, i'm watching the show i'm taking notes uh, and then something happens where i just kind of like sit back and i go uh, I like i give a look where i'm like oh what, uh, what? is this <laughs> I mean, it involves Bradshaw. Folks, this show... Well, actually,
1: like, two Bradshaw things in a row, uh, the last week and this week, could really kind of be considered, like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For yeah our, it's our, true. Our, yeah, last our week... men are yeah. always pounding ass men. Uh, and, uh, you know, God bless them. True heroes. <laughs> heroes made that day.
0: I still... I want someone to find an always pounding ass shirt at, like, uh, Value Village or uh, Salvation Army. What's, what is the biggest... I, Americans, I'm so sorry. What is your big... Second goodwill. Hand store, Goodwill, goodwill. right? How we find a goodwill. You know who my great will is? This guy right here on the podcast. Tags. Yeah, yeah. There Thank he you. Is. Uh, this was taped on S- September 9th, 2003. Uh, it was, uh, it emanated from the Jefferson Civic Center in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, boy. Um, not named after Jefferson Davis, but Thomas Jefferson. This is it's oh. named after the county named after Thomas Jefferson. So I was relieved by that. Thomas Jefferson, a president who never did anything wrong.
1: Uh, just a uh, completely uh, fantastic man. Giving a big look, guys. coming home.
0: Uh... <laughs> This is ham- the Hamble Podcast. It's happening. Uh, this episode of SmackDown got a 3.5 TV rating. It did not beat Raw that week, but it's up significantly oh. over the last couple of weeks, which is good. Um, now, I said on the show, I thought this is a weird episode of sh- the show. One of the reasons why is if you go to the WWE Network, and I'll wait. Open it up, by the way, on your TV or on your phone. I want you to go yeah. to the September 11, 2003 episode of SmackDown. I want Hang you to up note. your landline and, and get online. <laughs> Tell grandma to put the phone down. Put the phone down and we'll figure it out. Go to that episode of SmackDown. You'll see it is an hour and three minutes long when it's usually an hour twenty-five, an hour twenty-four. So there's fully twenty 25. minutes missing from the show. Mm. Uh, and I know why that's the case. Will do you know why there's twenty <laughs> minutes missing from the show? <laughs> no, and I didn't look it up, Matt, at your
1: um, behest,
0: right? I'm Request thrilled. behest so always thrilled.
1: sounds like you did something against somebody's will, but it means literally the opposite, doesn't it? It is
0: my behest. I always I could condone I could condone is always when I struggle with that I don't condone that. It's not close to condemn. I struggle with that mm, one. Okay. So, Will, do you want to guess why this episode of SmackDown is fully, you know, 22, 23 minutes, 21, 22 minutes short? So that this
1: would make this, uh, I guess, on television with ads, it would make it about like a 90-minute episode, right? Instead of a two-hour episode. This is cleanly 90 minutes as far as I know. P- pretty, pretty clean 90 minutes of uh, SmackDown television. So it's 90 minutes. They never bring up, they're never like, uh, you know, is always so good at, or so good. I'll, I'll put air quotes on that. At, um marketing whatever they have to do for like you know recently they've been on the Sci-Fi channel instead of the USA network during the um Beijing 2022 Olympics mm-hmm. and they're like oh it's on Sci-Fi and uh, they have to do something to entice people to watch Sci-Fi so they're like in the first hours commercial free you know like i i really feel like since dynamite's come along there's been all these gimmicks of like eh, you know uh you know commercial free and we'll do picture and picture and we'll do this like yeah. is all of a sudden now there's like kind of a dueling networks uh thing which is actually you know kind of fun if not like and it, it just feels like kind of um you know uh oh, Old fashioned, I guess. I don't want to say yeah. old school, but like it well, feels it's... like you know, kind of was. Anyway, so yeah. I, I, you figure the WWE would be like, it is a special express version of SmackDown. This SmackDown <laughs> is shorter than the other SmackDowns. That means we got way more to do, partner. So let's get going. We'll be rocking, Buster. Cole. I don't have much time. Here we go.
0: You know, you think they'd at least acknowledge it. They say nothing about it uh, at all. I was shocked by that because I was I, this whole time. I'm like, I'm going to tell Will not to look into it, but surely at some point, Michael Cole and Taz are going to promote something during the show, uh, and they never do. And I was shocked by it. I got to say, also, it's funny that those things like the picture in picture and the uh, the the uh, commercial free hours. It's funny that's still happening when Dynamite is no longer running against NXT 2.0. Like it's not. No, it's, it's just not. they still just do no, it. They're still just no competing. direct it, competition
1: just... at, at all, and Dynamite switched um, networks too. And That's right. A little, but no, uh, Matt. Like I truly have no idea. If you want me to guess, I would guess that um, SmackDown on UPN maybe they're airing some sort of special September 11th like memorial thing um, that Super night. Super uh, guess. I don't. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Like an hour before, an hour or an hour after SmackDown. SmackDown was the first, like one of the first large gatherings of people in the United States after the September 11 attacks happened you, you right you, they probably see like
0: on network specials and stuff all of them and i think in houston Well, hold on hold on did they did they Did they do like S- september 11 2001 was a, was tuesday. a tuesday did yeah. they did they go live that did they do the tape that one that night no no they went on no they they canceled the taping and yeah, then they, and they did they it live on, on thursday. thursday yeah okay right i'm remembering this now it was that's two, what it is. two
1: days later right yeah and because all the you know like right when it happened everything was like canceled and shut Everything, down and yeah, closed like, and the flights were all grounded and stuff and then yeah they they came out and did the thing and in houston uh so that was like i think one of the first gathered like events that happened uh and it since the attacks anyway so that would be my guess matt some yes, kind of like nine eleven um, memorial thing
0: will great guess. could not be more wrong of course so i'm excited to get into that. it there well let's yeah. talk about let's talk about what happened on last week's episode of the show of the podcast uh, we covered I an I episode insist. please uh there was championship fever in New Orleans, oh, and it boy. began with the world's greatest tag team beat the APA to retain their tag team titles. Rey Mysterio beat Tajiri to retain the Cruiserweight title, although Tajiri turned heel and missed it right after the match, oh, so who what knows if more's going to happen there. I know. <laughs> Kurt Angle faced The Undertaker for the WWE title and retained his title when Brock Lesnar interfered and whacked both guys with chairs. In the middle of the show. In the middle of the show. Strange thing. Uh, they'll never <laughs> do a big match in the middle of the show again, Well, they will. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Also, John Cassina committed Grand Theft Auto and Brock Lesnar kidnapped and assaulted Zach Gowan. It's a banner day for crime on the blue brand.
1: It's true. Hey, Brock Lesnar is a criminal, Matt. We we learned that tonight. Stephanie has some opinions on Brock Lesnar's behavior. She says,
0: she says so outright. It's like, you can't, <laughs> okay, you can't just say that. Like, obviously, that's, <laughs> he's obviously a criminal. We'll get to it. Well, let's talk about what the good folks in Birmingham, Alabama would have seen before it all began. Uh, we're. we're there's Velocity. There's a dark match door Velocity. Velocity is episode, let me see here, if I get the number right, 69? Oh. Nice. Okay. okay. Uh, dark matches. <laughs> Alan Steele beat someone. Don't know who Alan Steele is. Don't know who he beat.
1: Um, beat he beat who?
0: And then, oh, and um. then we have here John Heidenreich beat Travis Tomko. So Heidenreich on Tomko. Against Tomko.
1: That's a, that's a Haas. Haas well, on Haas. They, they teamed Action? together
0: last week, if I'm not mistaken. They teamed and, together. Oh. Yes. They okay, teamed that together. That makes a lot of sense. That's right. And so- Travis Tomko would become Tyson Tomko, if I'm not mistaken. Heidenreich would drop the John. It's cleaner, and uh, they went on from there.
1: Yeah, and then he- yeah, Heidenreich had a weird run, and then Tomko had kind of like a Tomko. I, I-, I associate more of like a TNA guy. He was like Christian Cage's buddy in yeah, TNA or something. Was what was he? His heavy. He, he was also his, his buddy in uh, on Raw,
0: wasn't he? I thought they were, I, think, they were- I think
1: he did on like both, on both. Brand, like both yeah. companies. He was just like, and yeah. ah, I'm with Christian. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. me with my cool goatee and my cool tattoos. All Imagine if that, you were very cool.
0: He had a lot of tattoos Imagine if you are uh, John Heidenreich You're working out uh, It is September 9th, 2003 All of a sudden You have a vision in front of you Your fairy godmother is there Your fairy yeah. godmother says uh, John Heidenreich I have some great news for you uh, He goes, what? He goes, well Guess what? In in the course of your WWE career You're going to have A pay-per-view match Against The Undertaker Yeah And you're also going to be A member of the Legion of Doom Unbelievable yeah. Wouldn't he be like "Oh, My, my career sounds amazing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly great. Yeah. She's like, like wow. yeah, sure. Also, if you want to make some plans for what you want to do after this, that'd be probably smart. Uh, you want <laughs> he played football, right? I guess we won't talk much about John Heidenreich. He's a, I feel like he was a football guy, right? I, mean, I don't know if, if Heidenreich shows up here or not. Uh, you're going to, have to stay with us for the, the Heidenreich cast, which we're going to do <laughs> after, directly after Smackdown 6 podcast. Uh, and then after that, of course, we're going to do um, uh, Roads to Perdition, which is the first year and a bit of uh, uh, Dynamites and all the rampages of Cody Rhodes being there before he left AEW. Ram- the the, the Rampagees. They're not uh, and all the pay-per-view, all the, all the four-hour pay-per-views they do. So let's talk about Velocity proper, shall we? The 69th episode of Velocity. Jamie Noble rolled up Canyon to get the win. He did it. I don't know the name of this roll-up, but it's what Shawn Michaels did to pin Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. So I'm just going to throw that out there, and hopefully you remember the end of that match, or you can look it up online. That's what he did. Didn't that, didn't that pin happen, like,
1: either earlier in the show or in the Brock Lesnar, um, Kurt Angle match. I remember when we covered I think WrestleMania. I
0: think it's the Ray. Doesn't the Matt Hardy Ray match end the same way? Oh, it's how, it's how, yeah.
1: I think right? it's how Matt wins the match. Yeah. He, he rolls Ray up and he holds on to the rope. Yeah.
0: Usually, I'm sure there would usually be, I think WrestleMania is so big, but usually there'd be somebody being like, you can have the same finish. But it probably just got missed because there's yeah, so right? much happening. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, we're huge.
1: It's like, yeah, it's like the double underhook, like you hook the tops of your feet under their armpits and then they kind of like are on top of them with your knees and... You know, if you watch wrestling, you've seen it. I don't know. It's hard to describe. You're on These top things. of with your knees. Who knows? I don't know, who knows what
0: I'm describing when you're on top of somebody with your knees? It's We're be talking about
1: the art the, of grappling. The grappling sport of arts, kings, Matt. of course. The, um, the Omega. What was the Omega acronym again? Um, that was, I don't know. Of course, the Hardy Boys. Um, oh, my gosh. Okay.
0: <laughs> Probably mats and grappling is in there. It's like something, something, something grappling arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look it up. Tell me later. Okay. The next match, though, is interesting here because – the Bashams defeated the team of Pokerface and Scott Fantastic.
1: Pokerface.
0: Pokerface and Scott Fantastic. Who I assume he had a huge. Of modern
1: Extreme Grappling Arts. Okay. Organization, uh, mo- modern Extreme Grappling. Um, Pokerface should have showed up at the EPA table later on in the show. How would come Pokerface isn't that? That's, come on. It's no I assume to. his
0: bookings really took off in like 2009, 10. Right, of
1: course. Yeah, because we know how much pop songs influence the world of well, professional you, wrestling.
0: Well, I know at the time he also got a manager. Yeah? Who was that? Paparazzi. Oh. So it helped. Man. It was good. People went gaga mm. for him. Okay. You know so, what? Just dance. Just dance. It's going to be okay. Uh, So the, <laughs> this is how the match ended. The match ended when Shaniqua came in and powerbombed Pokerface. So Pokerface is not poker very heavy.
1: Individual. Yeah, he's not very heavy. Okay. He's Maybe not a very he's heavy like guy. Is size uh, individual?
0: Uh, I think so. So I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He always, despite that, they always wore the the loose fitting gear, so you never really got a great sense of just how scrawny that man was. But um, yeah, Shaniqua powerbombed a guy. Looks very good, and I was like, okay, uh, excited to talk about more Shaniqua later on. Weird for great. me to say that I'm excited. I'm fully excited. Great, she did
1: something that looked good, unbelievable. It happens. As in,
0: like I have a hard time believing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then finally, the world's greatest tag team had a non-title match against Funaki and Ultimo Dragon. Can you guess which guy ate the pinfall? Will uh, I'm gonna guess uh, Funaki. He did. Uh, the yeah. World's Greatest tag team, they did, they did a tag team uh, finisher, which I've never seen them do before. Uh, essentially, it was like Funaki crossbody Charlie Haas, but Charlie Haas held on to him, and mm-hmm. he's holding he's holding him like the way you would you know, get ready to slam him or something. And oh, Shell Benjamin kicked him man. in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and then just dropped him. <laughs> like, from I don't the, know. not the most inspired thing they've done. I think he probably should have just, like, done to the thing where he puts in the inverted atomic drop and the super kick, and then does the jackknife cover. But he didn't do that, and then we'll still win the match anyway. Right. And... Uh, uh, I really remember Ultimo Dragon being more prominent on this show as opposed to debuting in Madison Square Garden and just being on Velocity for months.
1: I guess I don't really remember him doing much. Yeah, he debuted in Madison Square Garden and then in months later he skipped on his, uh, slipped on his uh, cape in Madison Square Garden. And that's about all we got out of Ultimo. Um, that's it. I, like we'll, we'll talk about the um, something I noticed in the SmackDown opening video in a second uh, when we get cool. to it. But um, no, it's just like uh, observations about who's there and who's not, right, at this point. Because this intro is from, like, the spring, so it still feels very spring SmackDown, and we're heading into fall, which is kind
0: of, like, different already. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this week's episode of SmackDown. Uh, we begin with a brief video with text over an American flag commemorating the heroes and victims of September 11th, 2001, and so the show happened two years after the events of that day. I think the phrasing in the little video was kind of like—it wasn't really talking about the victims, it was talking about the heroes, and that actually comes up again later, and I thought that was just strange— yeah, I guess I know. there's a sense of like let's honor the living. Where I was like, oh, I think you should probably talk about the people who died. I don't know. That seems like a bit more, you know, it's a bit yeah, more of a memorial they, they kind of day. It,
1: they used it more of a rah rah yeah. uh, instead of like a yeah, this is horrible.
0: I guess <laughs> like, I guess it's still wartime there, right? War in Iraq and war in Afghanistan are still happening here. So yeah, um, yeah, and then we get into the I want it all rap intro. Will you notice things things about it? I know well, Stephanie Stephanie's in it. Stephanie's in she it. Doesn't, she has. She does not have the same. Uh, footage because the footage is all very like they, they took it backstage intentionally and it's very like pro- it's not like clips from the show and yeah so C- Stephanie's roll. just inserted in there amongst it but what what did you notice in there Will
1: well uh, Nathan Jones is still in it still there uh, for a flash Edge is still and there. Sean O'Hare is still uh, decently prominent in it too as, as well Sean O'Hare's on the show Will I mean yes sure I mean he's he's, he's like on this show. the show the there's people on on the show week after week that could be in the in the thing uh, ahead of. I would say Sean O'Hare. Yeah, uh, he really was
0: somebody in. they were pushing then, and not at all. He was
1: in the in the yeah. in the spring, right? So I, it's just um, I wonder when we're going to see our next edit, probably around the No Mercy period of time, right? Their their mm. next uh, exclusive pay per view um, is my guess. I mean, it's still a cool uh, video. I, I that was just an observation I had. It was like, oh yeah, Nathan Jones is still in there, even for a split second. That's um uh, odd to me, and like that they wouldn't put Ultimo in there. I know Ultimo like. Didn't pan out the way they wanted him to, but uh, you know he's still a, a I don't know, a, a figure. Maybe you're watching the wrestling show. and
0: You're like, oh, cool, Drag is in it, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what? Nathan Jones coming back soon. Oh, to boy. <laughs> we'll get back to him on the podcast. So after the intro, oh, then never mind. The, the pyro explodes over <laughs> the fist, and we are live to tape in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, Michael yeah. welcomes us to the Deep South. Deep he South. Uh, it makes me a bit anxious when I hear that. I hear banjos. I think of history. It makes me anxious hearing about the Deep South, the way that he's like, ah, we're here. And I'm like, how uh, close is
1: Birmingham to deliverance, Alabama? I don't
0: (laughs) don't know my geography that well. So we go to footage from the parking lot in the arena. Referee Brian Hevener is uh, is literally directing traffic here, a common (laughs) phrase in wrestling. (laughs) But he is directing cars into a circle to prepare for tonight's Latino Heat parking lot brawl between the U.S. champion Eddie Guerrero and John Cena. So it's happening inside. It's on a big concrete pad, and it's the the parking lot.
1: Mandela effect. Of course, Matt. Do you remember being inside? I remember being outside.
0: You remember being outside. That's funny. Uh, well, 100%. you know, because there's John Cena has done these promos where he is outside. I kind of bet that's part of it. Is that you're like, I've seen John Cena do stuff outside, whether yes. it's lighting that pentagram outside or peeing on a grave, which I did not sure, remember, yeah, but it's something he does. In the
1: show. Yeah, all those great things he's done. Uh,
0: yeah, so he does. They do it inside in a circle of cars, and we'll describe it a bit more later on. Um, first, yeah. you know, Will, we got a match right off the hop here. Oh, buddy. Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman are going up against Tajiri and Nunzio. I had a funny moment where I didn't know who Tajiri was partnering with, but I knew it was Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman against Tajiri and somebody else, and I was like, mm, uh, dollars to donuts, but it's Nunzio. And it was. I felt was very smart.
1: <laughs> the only uh, Is he like the only other heel cruiserweight? I think most of them are a bit. Well, I guess Shannon Moore maybe could be oh, yeah. considered cruiserweight. yeah. Matt if he but if you know Matt's involvement in the U.S. title tournament, uh they, they made it very clear that he won't be on the cruiserweight uh, conversation anymore. Not even that it matters, like, what his actual weight is. They're just like, right. uh, you know, these guys do this,
0: and and the, and the these guys do the other thing. So It's almost like the exhibition thing where they say, it's not weight limits, it's no limits. They're just like, yeah, we don't want him to be there anymore, so he's not going to be cruiserweight. Did say anymore. that yeah.
1: about the X division.
0: That was my today's thing. It was like, there's no, <laughs> no weight limits. <laughs> no, it's, it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits. And you're like, ah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're like, I'm paid ten dollars for this pay per view, this rules.
1: Oh man, that's funny. I had I don't a, know my,
0: why that kills me so much. My good buddy Brian, former uh, guest co host on this podcast, he uh. he had a subscription for impact for a while. The impact plus is what I recall. He had the like,
1: past tense, he doesn't have it anymore.
0: Well, he uh, he started watching, he was like, I'm gonna start I'm gonna start from episode one of the Impact pay per views and I'm gonna go all the way through. And he didn't get too far before he was like, I can't, I can't keep watching this. I have to turn this off. Did you get to see dry. Abyss? Did Abyss show up? I don't know. I hope he did. Father James uh, Mitchell? And so back to this tag team match. So we see footage from last week's match between Ray and Tajiri, where Ray won, but Tajiri missed him afterward. Oh. Uh, it's something I love here. Uh, and something that I want to comment on, because I, 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 I will allude to this. I've heard a lot of Michael Cole recently uh, throughout the years. I on just on SmackDown here. And I love commenting on Tajiri turning heel. Michael Cole says very genuinely in a voice that is like, I, I don't know, he's got he's got a sports feel here that I don't think he does later on, which I actually really appreciate. He just says, hey, "What the hell got into Tajiri?" Like <laughs> gen- genuine bafflement at heel turns, which I, I I totally love it. He's like he's acknowledging they're irrational, but like sometimes something he does on the show all the time, which I love, is that he's like something's in the water tonight. Like people are going wild. <laughs> What's going like, on? Cause he's like he had, but he's not being naive about it. He's like, I understand wrestling is kind of kooky, but there's times where he's just kind of like where people are doing stuff, and like, he's probably referring to times where like Sable is like harassing somebody backstage, and he's like, this is weird. Uh, but his just his tone, I don't know. Michael Cole doesn't three. I I can't be that mad at you, even though I, I tease you and make fun of the stuff you say constantly.
1: Of course, so, yeah, everybody does.
0: So there we go. So the match begins. Billy Kidman. At one point here, he opts for it to do a, an airplane spin on Nunzio after Ray tags him in. I was like, sure, that's something you can do, I suppose, two cruiserweights, airplanes spinning each other.
1: This was a uh, this is something stolen by Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. Um, when they were a tag team, Cesaro would do the swing and Tyson would do the drop kick. Uh, yeah, that rules. Yeah, and uh, JBL on commentary would always say, it's not the swinging that gets you, it's the sudden stop at the end, mangle.
0: Oh Bradshaw, what a what a gem you are! hope to talk oh, about you later. Our guy. Now, Will, I don't know if you call this the crowd is chanting something anti-Tajiri when Tajiri comes in. I couldn't pick out what it was. I couldn't either, and I was like, do I really want to fish around <laughs>
1: uh, and find out what that is? Uh, they were chanting something, and the commentators like, oh, the crowd's uh, mad at Tajiri for being evil now, and I didn't know what they said. Yeah. You and I feel Frightened. very
0: similarly about me like, I don't know how far I want to go into finding out what somebody in Birmingham, Alabama chanted at a Japanese heel wrestler in 2003. Frightened by uh, that prospect. Yeah. yeah. So they don't like Tajiri here, hopefully just for the uh, kayfabe reasons. And so <laughs> Tajiri goes for a tornado DDT on Billy Kibben. But it's a very smooth counter, and Kibben ends hit ends up hitting his version of the lowdown, the VK bomb, which is very nice. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. looks really good. And then Ray comes in and he hits a springboard senton on then he hits Jeez. a springboard cross body. They both look really good. And you're like, right. And you seriously pretty great. He just flies good. through the air. He makes it look flies. easy. Yeah. He
1: yeah. just fl- and he Like the hang time he gets is just oh, defies yeah. uh, logic.
0: And there's a strange moment. I found this. I found this strange and I wasn't yeah. sure what was supposed to happen here. Tajiri gets hit with a six one nine in the back while he's standing, which is they never do. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets drop kicked into the actual six one nine position. And then Ray goes for a 619 again after successfully hitting him in the back. And Tajiri dodges it. And he kicks Ray in the head, flipping him over, like, all the way. And he pins him, which was great. So that was the finish, is that Tajiri's supposed to get the win. But I'm not sure what that first 619 was about.
1: Yeah, uh, Cole says that Tajiri was playing possum when he was in 619 uh, position. Uh, But, uh, you know, like, the 619 – so I remember Ray doing, like, the 619 was, like, his way of, like, psyching people – Outside the ring, that he was gonna come and dive for them, he'd go like, "Yes." Go look like he'd he dive, and then he'd turn around on the ropes and be like, "Ah ha ha! I got you." Well,
0: that's literally that's it. You can do that in the WCW video games. And You can yes. do it in No Mercy, yeah. where you literally, if you you go, you do a six one nine, and then you dive out. Uh but back to, before six one nine was even like like you said an offensive move.
1: Yeah, and then uh, I I do like when when he get when did he get like didn't he like oh against Big Show he like six one nine him in the knee. And yes. in like the gut or something, he yes. like, just get like hit it a bunch of times. Like it was great, you know. These uh, Hail Mary six one nines done by Ray Mysterio uh, were cool. I, I like when he hits it uh, in a kind of a, a not um, set up uh, position.
0: Yeah, I like it. He he would do it around the ring post a couple of times too, which is really fun. Yeah, yeah, very smartly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, hope did, fun. I hope he still does that. Anyway, so did mm-hmm. Jiri- you Gets the pin on Ray the week after losing to him. And so uh-huh. the Nuncio and Tajiri are, champion, are champions. They're winners. <laughs> the Cruiserweight tag team champions on SmackDown. If only. Yeah. Uh, and then Tajiri smacks Ray with the Cruiserweight title after the match. He's like, yeah, just to really emphasize does. it. Just bonks out so, the dome. Uh, Tajiri is doing the, uh, I don't know if anybody else does this, a very WWE thing of like, okay, look, you beat me fair and square, but I'm going to hurt you so much and beat you up so much, you have to give me a rematch, even though I don't deserve <laughs> one. I'm just going <laughs> to be a dick to you until you say put it up. <laughs> Makes no sense. You can get away with it. Yeah. From there, we pan up from Sable's legs to see her oh, yeah. seated on a couch next to Vince McMahon, who is on a flip phone.
1: He's what, calling one eight hundred flowers or something.
0: That's right. Uh, behind them, Big Show, wearing a suit, is yeah, looking nice, at a magazine. Hey, nice is nice it, suit, pal. <laughs> He's looking at a magazine centerfold behind them, and he does. That's Vince so does literally say, "Nice suit, pal," which is not the most. Vince says some things here, which which I was caught off guard by. So Vince is saying, "Nice suit, pal." <laughs> and then w- he so he's on the phone. Vince is on the phone, uh, and he's trying to figure out should it, what I, what flowers he should send to Zach Gowen. He ends up sending three dozen pansies to pansies. him. Pansies,
1: yeah. Is that a joke about like Zach being wimpy? Is that is that it, or is I that actually something maybe. he sent
0: somebody? Yeah, it must be. Then Stephanie McMahon is there. His <laughs> his 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 daughter almost said wife Um Freudian. <laughs> And she gives him grief because essentially – so here's what happens. So last week on the show. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But Brock Lesnar kidnaps Zach Gowan, beat him up, and then push him down the stairs. And so Stephanie is adding to this a little bit or at least explaining it to me where she's accusing Vince of luring Zach Gallon to the arena saying, hey, you have to come here or you get fired. So he comes to the arena despite being injured, and so Brock Lesnar could attack him. Vince says a phrase which I was surprised by. Vince says Brock went into, went business, into business for himself. For himself? Yes, <laughs> a, a, which is a very inside wrestling phrase. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't hear it for anything else. It's so weird to hear it. It's So weird on WWE television, and it's very weird to hear it from Vince. Who, like, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you know that phrase, but you know it from like people who are like telling you that Vince must have said it at some point, or that's something that's said. Anyway, totally or strange. Like an
1: industry, or it's like an industry term, right? It's like it oh, is, yeah, man, it is. But to hear,
0: don't work yourself into a shoe, brother. I mean, we're we're a step away from that, honestly.
1: Right? Yeah. So, it, hey, hey, slow down there, pal. Don't work yourself into a shoot. Come on.
0: Damn. It's one thing to hear for, for one thing to hear Vince on air say things like "Ah, oh, it's great crap, pal," or something like that. You know <laughs> uh, no. it's another thing to hear him say like, "Yeah, he was shooting on me, <laughs> that Mark, or something like that." It was Take one of the Yeah. Uh, so Stephanie doesn't believe that Brock did this by himself and says Brock deserves to be in jail. His conduct is downright criminal. <laughs> Literally true. He, he kidnapped true. Zach Gowen. He's, Zach Gowen had tape over his mouth. Uh, it's true.
1: Well, and the weird thing about, I mean, you talked about it last week probably, but Zach being like lured to the arena. Like it's never, I don't know, I know if they say on air, like Zach Allen can't be here tonight, but I made him come and or else he'd be fired. And, you know, whatever. I think she's adding it here. That's a, I think that's
0: our, our only I way into in adding it. Here. That. Okay,
1: yeah. Or I didn't know if they said it on commentary. Okay, because like, yeah, he's just like at the end of the show, he's just like in the, um, you know, one of the suites, uh, and then gets, yeah shoved down the stairs after Brock talks to him for ten minutes. He has a little reservoir
0: dog's moment, man. It's great. <laughs> it's a very long time. <laughs> uh, Stephanie to gets to experience something that happens to people only in sitcoms and on Saturday Night Live, where they're talking about somebody and this person is right behind them. <laughs> Yes. Stephanie, as she's describing Brock Lesnar as a criminal, finds Brock is directly behind her, and Stephanie cleanly pivots to saying, "Well, actually, Brock, you tapped out," and that's the the great chant against him these days. The great insult. And Brock says he's actually going to win next week against Kurt Angle in the <laughs> Iron Man match. I'm getting better at my Brock impression, which is great. Oh, because he's talking more. He's talking a lot more. It is, yeah. I can't, I can't do 2022 Brock, uh, even though I watched him with uh, with Pat McAfee. Right, uh, which is too bad. Uh, the alpha male of our species. Mm. <laughs> and so Brock says he wants a warm up match tonight because he's got the Iron Man match next week. He suggests he face Kurt Angle, Undertaker, and Zach Gowen in a match. Oh, yeah. Stephanie points out none of them are here because of Zach oh. Brock's action. So Brock is Boop. being a punk about it where he's like, I yeah. beat up, I you know, I, I murdered Zach Gowen. And I also <laughs> chaired Undertaker and Kurt Undertaker last week doing yet another opportunity to not really get medical attention. Right, right, that is what, Why like, is he like, pulling himself backstage? In kayfabe, Undertaker's going to die by not getting the medical <laughs> attention he needs and just like dying somewhere because they won't let people help him. Uh, and so Brock then goes to the people in the room who he should face tonight. And there's kind of an inside joke here, I think, which is happening, and I want to get your sense of it, Will. So, so mm-hmm, Brock is looking around mm-hmm. the room and he says... Uh, you know, I faced Big Show. We we did a whole thing, which is it's so funny to hear. Like a few that lasted forever, multiple occasions. And he's like, "We've done, we've done." And the Big Show's
1: like thing. chuckling it off. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, did that." Yeah. It's like remember <laughs> we, we
0: we blew up the ring. And the other time, I screamed for <laughs> time, time. Yeah, remember remember that. Uh, Every for eight smackdowns in a row. I would like yell and Michael would yell. Are you looking in the eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and then and Brock also he lands. He's looking through the room again. He sees break show. He says Vince. He says bro, well Vince. I faced you. Kind we of. A, I mean we had a cage match. Yeah. Kind of true. <laughs> in yeah. an angle. I mean. Yeah.
1: You know, and then he says disable because so.
0: Sable is still there. He says we fought. Remember. Remember. Yeah. And I'm not sure because Vince is making a joke as he's doing this because it almost seems like they're kind of like we fought. Wink, wink. Wink, and wink. I'm not sure if Brock and Sable are together here. Of 2022, Brock and Sable are married for a long time and And have have children together and have family, despite uh, despite the age difference where Brock is younger than Sable, which is allowed legal. I don't know why it is, but it's it's allowed. It's so funny that they they let this happen. They say that women could be older than men. Um, So, yeah, they're kind of – I think they're alluding to the fact that they are uh, currently together. Um, okay, because I was like,
1: is this the cause this is their first interaction? I think we've seen on television, and uh, nothing ever. I think, kind of, kind of, right? Yeah. I mean, they're in the same room together, but nothing ever comes of it. Like, they never become like uh, a power couple. They're not. They're not the. They're not the
0: beast couple, you know. No, uh, uh, the one time um, I haven't. I, I read it. I don't think I've seen it, but I might have seen it. Sable did company rock down to the ring in Japan once or twice. Okay, yeah. Which I want. So, I want to see that just for the sheer like oh, the it's visual. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, also happening. I saw a clip online you know, a month two, two months ago or something like that, a clip of Brock Lesnar versus Shinsuke Nakamura from New Japan or All Japan. I can't remember which one it was, but mm-hmm. uh, Brock's wearing, like, red tights. Weird. Oh, cool. <laughs> Super strange. Super duper strange. So Brock essentially settles on, uh, well, if not, not Big Show, not Vince, not Sable. So Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to turn on so, uh, close captions for this because it's said so quietly. But Vince is, like, quietly mumbling, like, well, okay. Well, Stephanie will face Brock tonight. And if she doesn't want to face Brock tonight, she has to quit as general manager. And she yep. leaves. So that's kind of the through line for this. Even though it was hard to tell And it's like, okay, sure. It's the through line for the entire show. Michael Cole brings it up every other match. Yes, he What's really Stephanie does. McMahon going to do tonight? Oh, man. Uh, next up, we have the Lugs Boot of the
1: Week. Oh, yeah. with Featuring the Flex... Driving shoe. Mm-hmm. You yes, ever this- in your car Matt, driving around town, and you're like, oh, my
0: foot. Ah, oh, uh,
1: gas, brake, this. Ah, oh, so much, so much pressure on my feet. I've only
0: had a high performance lugs Funkmaster Flex driving shoe. I want lugs so bad now, man. I would look so bad in them. I know I would, but like, I just want, just want to. I want the full sponsorship experience of SmackDown 2003. I'm pretty sure John Cena is wearing uh, lugs uh, later on uh, this evening. Lugs that boot of the awesome. week, Matt. I think you'll be very pleased how this boot of the week plays out. Oh my gosh, super pleased! It's uh, it's from the, after the Bourbon Street bikini contest last week when Shaniqua booted Tori uh, in the face. Yes, an, actu- an actual boot for the boot of the week. I was thrilled. An actual boot of the week. Can I ask you a question too? Mm-hmm.
1: That was so strange how they did it last week because they yes. clearly shot the Bourbon Street brawl like on SmackDown in front of a full crowd. Like it wasn't before the doors open. What like. Yeah. Did they just shoot that segment and be like, "This is a mess. We have to fix it in editing,
0: so we'll make a little video thing out of it with Shaniqua beating people up"? Uh, That's that's my only guess. It's a reasonable guess, but the other thing too, though, is that it's not like that show has a bunch of stuff like filling it out, so it might have gone long, or they might like because that's the thing would be like if if otherwise the show would be short, right? Yeah, I think if that makes sense. Uh, But it's totally weird because they even last week they introduced the kitty contest as something that has already happened. They allude to it, and it's completely. It's so different what they do, and it's one of those little production things. It's such a quirk, uh, and something yeah, that makes doing this podcast fun because it's just like totally strange. And you're like, "That's why I, I want to shoot an interview of that. I want to go back and like I just want to show that clip to like Michael Cole and be like, do you remember that? What the hell happened? Was that on purpose? Was that like, supposed to happen?
1: Do we need another bikini contest featuring the same four people? that's hey, came back. You know, contest. Let's talk about came Marie, back." Actually. Because yeah, this please, is this,
0: this great, you know. I actually have a lot to say about this segment in this next match here. So here's the story <laughs> situation. <laughs> this Nidia next and match. Tori are it's a lot of match. Yeah. Nitty and Tori are friends after sleeping together and with yeah. Billy Gunn and Jamie Noble. That's this is right. how they've allied themselves. They banged themselves into some friendship. <laughs> happened, bang so many people. Into shoot. Yeah. It's happened that way. How do you guys know each other? Well, well he's yeah. got crazy one night. Yep. And so they reluctantly go talk to Don Marie. So they're backstage. Like, we should go talk to her. And. Uh essentially the, the the story is that Shaniqua beat them all up last week and so they're kind of all in it together against Shaniqua. And so they go and fight Dawn. Dawn is uh getting ready and Dawn's gonna face her tonight. She seems mad and she's like, I'm gonna take her out. Yeah. And uh Nydia and Tori are are like, Well, that's gonna be tough for her. Gosh, I feel bad for her. And Will now, this is something I, I was super excited about this segment. Can I tell you why I was excited <laughs> for this? I would love to know why. <laughs> I mean, the obvious thing, of course, is that Tori is talking to Don Marie in a non confrontational way after having the feud of the year uh, because Tori and Don. Uh, sorry, Don married and then uh, widowed. <laughs> Don Marie Wilson. Became the widow because she she married Tori's dad and then he died. Al. Uh, Wilson. By her hand. Uh, Will, this episode of SmackDown passes the Bechdahl test. The test. <laughs> because. As the oh famous Bechtel test is used in, in, in TV and movies, two women yes. have a conversation on camera and it's not about a man. The Wallace Bechdel
1: test, yes. Two named women have a conversation <laughs> about something other than a man. Yes, as as uh, kind of brought up by Alison Bechtel, Inspired the Bechtel cast, a podcast that my right. girlfriend enjoys listening to and, uh, and I've listened to uh, numerous times. We actually have an Alison Bechdel uh, comic book here. So what oh, I'm saying, Matt, is um, I'm uh, the biggest feminist in the world.
0: Absolutely. No question. Yeah. No question. And uh, I, I
1: prove it by watching SmackDown in 2003. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And you're like, how come the Ninja the Live version of the Bourbon Street Kitty contest? So I could cheer and clap that. too. Yeah. How come? Uh, so yeah, I mean, only weeks after Sa- there, there was an episode of SmackDown where no woman spoke. Sable was on camera but did not say a word. Uh, we have one where they passed the Bechdel test. So very exciting. So the next match, stuff. the one we just talked about, Chiniqua versus Don Marie. Uh I noticed Shaniqua comes out she has the Basham's Titan Trump video but a different song entirely. Yeah, it's softer, man. It is it, it is objectively you're listening to it you're like someone listened to that song and said that's more feminine.
1: <laughs> we need a Shaniqua-ized version of the Basham, Basham themes. By the way, speaking of new theme songs.
0: Oh, uh, does she have does
1: Da-Marie have one too? Oh yeah. Okay. Marie used to come to like to like out to like the waka waka eh. I don't know if that helps. What, okay, uh, what about now, though? What does she do now? Like, hit me with the same I thing. I completely, <laughs> actually
0: completely forget what the new one is. It's different, though. I know you want me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one.
1: Can I just say how good Sonny was, by the way? And I'm not even saying that in, like, in a gross, sexually objectifying way. Like She came out for Body Donna's matches like, on the microphone, and she was amazing.
0: She, she was, was so good. good. She was definitely good. She's also, if you go back and watch those, she's way more suggestive than you remember as a kid. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she was. Yeah. The whole <laughs> time like, you're kind of like, oh, the dads must love this.
1: Like, you uh, know, seeing her and Sable like with Todd Pettengill presenting like this this stupid winning key <laughs> for the thing at SummerSlam '96. I'm like, yeah. oh man, Sables is kind of like '97, like, right? I uh, no, that was not Oh, '97. Yeah, Heart and Soul. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because it kind of looked like a coffin that they held the money in. Um, and Sable's like just kind of like there, like, eh, like arm candy. But Sonny's like, Sonny's a character, man. Anyways. Oh, yeah.
0: So she, was, she was a chatter. I'm going to say when Shaniqua comes out, Shaniqua, she goes over the second rope when she gets in the ring. Most women go under the second rope. Mm, yeah. Good example, good uh, opportunity for you to show off how much of a Amazon Shaniqua is. She's very big. That's she also right. bombed a guy earlier in the night. So that helps.
1: Yeah. Everyone saw her destroy poker face. And now the, the people in their seats, at Birmingham, Alabama, cower to think. Shudder to think
0: what she can do to you, poor Dummery who just came back. Well, well, Will, you know, earlier I alluded to the fact that John Heidenreich had a fairy godmother, but I think the folks in Birmingham, Alabama had this weird moment (sighs) where there was a flash of light, and they they saw through that flash, in a moment, in an instant, a glimpse of the future because, Will, on September 11, 2003, or rather September 9, 2003, Birmingham, Alabama, a spark of the women's revolution began. Because this is... This is like kind of okay match, honestly. Like this little this whole angle, if you upped the time and the quality of this, I honestly think it's like not that far off from like an acceptable women's wrestling match today. Uh you said to change some stuff. But I don't think it's that much like considering what it's like at the time, I think it's not as bad.
1: Well yeah, I mean like the message last week was like all the women have like a sexy bikini contest. And then this woman who comes in is like, I'm actually an athlete. I'm actually a competitor. I'm whooping all their asses. Now, Do they say that or allude to any of this? No. Michael Cole's just like, what is this Amazon doing? He's destroying,
0: you know. Yeah. he's Destroying a perfectly acceptable Bourbon Street bikini contest. That's right. Yeah. So Don Marie rushes Shaniqua. She gets dropped pretty quickly. Yeah. And then she's sent to the steel steps outside. Pretty rough looking bump. Yeah. And Shaniqua's still super green. Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, she grabs a chair. Of... She okay. grabs a chair and she gets into the ring and she argues with the referee. And then Nidia and Tori, they rush the ring and the referee calls for the bell. Um, Before they, they do anything. They didn't do anything. And if you look on Cage Match, which is the uh, site <laughs> I use, it's declared a clear no contest. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's just like, I don't know. I think because was going to be doing stuff. I was like, I oh, forget it. It's, that's fine. So Shaniqua fights off Tori and Nidia, but Tori manages to get to the chair and she hits Shaniqua to drop her momentarily. There's kind of a cut there where, like, Tori swings it. And they cut to her hitting her with it, and part of me thinks that they maybe fixed it or something. Like this, it's the tapedness of SmackDown where you're kind of like, that you can see you're like, there's an edit, and I could totally see them where like Tori may have gently whacked her and then properly whacked her, maybe.
1: Right, yeah, I thought it was fun to see Tori with a steel chair. I was like, yes, Great.
0: you Get go. She's like, oh hell yeah.
1: <laughs> what?
0: And so uh, Domery and uh, Domery leaves with Tori and Nydia. Uh, and Shaniqua flings a chair out from under her there, so. There we go. It's a, it's a feud right now that does not revolve around the relative hotness of the women. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a this is a step up.
1: Yeah, because Don Don's whole reason for fighting Shaniqua is like, what? I'm just going to let her run over all over us every single yeah. week. I got you know I got to stand up for us. And, uh, yeah, great, great
0: Don Marie. That's awesome, baby face I mean, Don Marie. I was just about to say with a straight face, it's a banner day for women, in the SmackDown. And then I remembered <laughs> the main events, the quote unquote main events of the show. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. not, not the finest moment for for women a bit later on. Um, speaking of which, we go backstage. Stephanie's alone and thinking when Sable comes in to whoever she is. And she kind of comes in to what I would say kind of like quote-unquote sympathize with her because yeah. uh, Sable says, you know, Stephanie, you've got a hard decision to make. Uh, she says she kind of advises against going up Brock Lesnar because he'll mangle her. <laughs> and Sable alludes that she'll be put in the place of the SmackDown general manager if Stephanie quits. So, yeah, yeah. Not only so does Stephanie not want to lose her job, she doesn't want to just hand it over to Sable, her, her not hated Sable, nemesis.
1: Anybody but come on, anybody but Sable.
0: I mean, it'd be great because I mean, every other match would just be a uh, no count out cat fight. Chris <laughs> Benoit and Rhino in a no count out cat fight with Sable doing the uh, ring announcing. <laughs> Chris Ben mm, more like Chris Bomber. Huh? <laughs> He's got more le- less teeth than brains. Yeah, she would. <laughs> That's how that would go. Next up, Chris Benoit versus Rhino. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, but first, Will. Oh, yeah. We have some sponsors. Yeah. Uh, we've got Maxim Hair Color for Guys. More on that later. Yeah. We've got Taco yeah. Bell, I think outside the bun, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, where you can win yes. a prize package online. No, Will, I got to tell you, system. I, I took a road trip this week. I went to my nearest to Mexico. mall. No, I went to my nearest mall. Oh. I was inspired by covering SmackDown so many times Yeah. that I went to, and I got Taco Bell for the first time in probably a decade, and I okay. felt great. So you got Taco Bell at the mall? Yes, I got and a Crunchwrap uh, Supreme. It was yeah, more was expensive curious. than I would have liked, but it was good. But it was
1: good what I wanted. Crunchwrap Supreme.
0: Uh, uh, what else? There was some churros. I think uh, my mm-hmm. uh, buddy had churros. I got to have some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he did the 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 whatever the tacos called where it's hard shell and top, soft shell. Chalupa? Is that it? No. Maybe yeah. Gordita. It was not a gordita. It was not a gordita crunch. Sorry, it was it I spiced I, up my night. And I, I thought outside the bun. And I Did was you spice up the night?
1: Did so. spice up the next morning, too? I got to tell you. It was okay.
0: I was fine. Oh, okay. the, the Taco Bell's battle well, Danger is overrated. I would, their, I their reputation <laughs> precedes them. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised to see Chris Benwell versus Rhino because I kind of figured this match would be on a future SmackDown pay-per-view. It just seems like the kind of few you would have on a single brand pay-per-view, but they're going for it now.
1: They do have, what, like their next pay-per-view. is? Uh, it's going to stand on its own one foot. Yeah, it is a while away.
0: Is that a second reference?
1: No, uh, not intentionally, anyway. I'm saying like one, because it's a one-brand pay-per-view, so usually it's two brand, two feet, one brand, one foot. One foot SmackDown, one foot Raw. Made sense to me that it's a one-foot SmackDown, one foot Raw. Yeah, is that what you mean? No, it it is. It's just
0: funny to hear it presented like that. The two pillars of WWE. Two pillars of WWE, SmackDown and Raw. And then NXT showed up, and don't ask what that was. Uh, Anyway, uh, Benoit and Rhino. Benoit gets a crossface really early on, but Rhino gets to the ropes. And then Benoit gets thrown into the second rope. It kind of does like the awkward thing where, like, I think you're meant to be thrown outside the ring, but he kind of, like, bounce into the second rope and then heads out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, A-Train comes down without yeah. the referee knowing, and he drives Benoit to the post. And then he throws him back in the ring, and Benoit kicks out at two.
1: This is all A-Train does all night, right? He just runs out and does this and then goes home? He yeah, I guess so.
0: velocity, right? Poor guy. No, he's just all oil- oiled up, and he's, <laughs> he's not even that successful, really. All oil- oiled up, nowhere to go. <laughs> nowhere to go at all. Uh, and so we take a rush commercial break. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how that happens, but it's very amusing because you're watching it and like literally they're like, uh, Michael's like, and it's happening, and then just fades away and comes back. And they
1: come back from the break and he's like, <laughs> uh, we apologize for that abrupt commercial break.
0: Yeah, it's like it's okay, guys. Do it. Take, it, take it what you need to. It's fine. I'm fine with it. Uh, when we do come back for commercial, Rhino is pretty much dominating. And uh, Rhino puts Benoit upside down in the Tree of Woe that's in the corner, and he drives his shoulder into him. But I was like, just back up and gore him. Yeah, I know. He he can't do anything. You have him in a prone position. Yeah, unless he does uh, like a sit up or something.
1: Taz alludes that he probably rammed him in the, um, you know, lower region. But of course, since he's upside down, it's the upper region.
0: Right. By that, he means he hit him in the crotch.
1: Pretty funny. Don't think somebody, he did.
0: You, you, like all you have to do to make sure make it not a low blow is to like do a cartwheel to the guy, and then you're like, "Well, it's not a low blow. He's up in the air, like <laughs> punching where his face usually is. Just to He's hit him get him off for a
1: power or bomb or like a styles clash, right? And then just reach in front and just like <laughs> like <ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling.
0: laughs> speed bag is poor play. speed bag." Oh, no. was there, some,
1: there someone who would, like, stand? I think Bubba would stand on it, right? Or it's Bubba and Devon, that was a move of theirs. Like, tri- uh, guys oh. in the tree of woe. I think Bubba and Devon would, they like, stand on it. They definitely did it TLC, sure. I remember They TLC on, like, Jeff or something, yeah. There's a good
0: way you can do that. There's a good worked way you can do that where you stand, you have one foot on the crotch, one on the ropes, and you're kind of reefing, but all your weight's actually on your foot on the ropes. Sure, yeah. Got a lot of trust in your partner, though, for that. Boy, I tell you. All right, Jeff. So tonight's match, I'm gonna stand on your balls. <laughs> Can you not do it? Why is this spot? Why? Do you, why do you want to do this spot specifically? Should this be uh, my idea? And uh, so Rhino gets a sharp on Beno. It looks good. rhino has got huge legs. He's got a uh, you know he's, he's got a great frame. Yeah. And uh, I I think I before if I haven't said on this podcast before, you know I. I have an aversion to non-Canadians doing the sharpshooter, uh, or um, anybody named Sean Spears doing the sharpshooter is also offensive to me. Rhino gets a dispensation <laughs> because he's from Detroit. I was going to say, Rhino's from close enough to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we were going we to invade and take a city, we'd take Detroit pretty much right off the bat. So
1: Only recently did I learn that Detroit is actually north
0: of Windsor. I never knew that. Famously... I thought it was a straight line, and everything was right <laughs> underneath it. Well, famously born and raised in South Detroit from, the, uh, from Journey... Uh, is uh, a misnomer because South Detroit is kind of just Windsor, Ontario. Right, yeah. Although, arguably, you like wherever wherever the border is, right above that would be South Detroit. Yeah, because that's how logic works. Uh, in theory, sort of. Anyway, so Rhino gets a sharpshooter, but uh, Benoit gets out of it. He gets a sharpshooter of his own on Rhino, and huh? Rhino gets the ropes. Oh. And Benoit gets a release driven two bucks on Rhino, which is impressive because Rhino's a big dude. And uh, Benoit heads up for, re- he goes to the top rope for a head bump, but Rhino meets him there. And he goes for a Replex, but that gets blocked, and so Benoit jumps and flips over Rhino for a Sunset Flip Power Bomb, which gets about like 2.9. Very, very close pinfall there. Very good. I thought it could be the finish potentially. Yeah, it cool. And then Rhino avoids a close line and he smacks Benoit with a kind of tri- a double A armbuster. Uh, sorry. Double A spine buster. buster. I almost called it a triple A spine buster. <laughs> oh, oh, spinebuster. it's the one you use in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <it's triple-A. laughs> uh, then Rhino goes for a gore, but Benoit sees it coming, he grabs a cross face. And Rhino taps out pretty soon thereafter. So did they
1: use that spot in the Fatal Four Way? Or like they might have. Of, I mean,
0: the I Gore, the biggest has... problem is you're essentially you're like coming at him with like what he uses for the <laughs> Yeah, it's like you, <laughs> he could get that at any opportunity. It's like if somebody had the. I mean, it's the whole it's the whole shit music thing. I was gonna say, say music into the ankle lock.
1: yes yeah. yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. So
0: here's, here's my foot. And you're like, give it to me.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll talk. we we'll actually angle. talk about
0: Kurt Angle or Shawn Michaels a little bit later on. Oh yeah. Hint. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Michael Cole, sense. to end the segment, yell says, Chris Benoit is on a roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's rolling on the way to so. eventually No Mercy someday.
0: We head backstage to join in the fun at the APA's office. This was recently resurrected last week. It's famously a freestanding door uh, in the middle of uh, backstage area, and there's a large round table backstage there, and Bradshaw and Farouk are there, and there's cigars and beer and cards. Also there is their manservant, Bruce. Mm-hmm who yep. uh, Bradshaw problematically <clears throat> explained he won in a card game last he week. He won the deed to a, a man, an African-American man. An African-American man. man. And, yeah. and Farouk wasn't like, that's completely wrong. <laughs> that <was> completely- <laughs> At least
1: Farouk's, you know, I guess the somewhat saving grace. At least Farouk can be there to be like, okay.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but, you know, they do,
1: I mean, listen. Look, this Bruce black guy's fine man- with it. You should be fine with it,
0: too. <laughs> the well, excuse there's made. So for- Bruce is their,
1: Bruce is their quote-unquote man but they treat Bruce really well, and Bruce seems to really
0: like his job. Bruce does seem thrilled. I do. I mean, anyway. And, I don't want to. set sets up
1: a kind of funny funny joke here. There, um, yes. It is part of the uh, dynamic the also. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. They're at the table. Orlando Jordan. Boy, what a start he's had. Orlando mm-hmm. Jordan with JBL. Wow. wow. They probably talk oh, about ooh. the you know, former He's also stand, he's, he's standing right next to him, too. He's standing right next to him. The, the big members, Matt, as you say. The large members of the FBI. Yep. With nothing to do tonight, but just sit there and drink beer and smoke cigars. But it's actually like. You know, I got to tell you, I know wrestlers want to wrestle, right? Every week you want to show up, you know, you bust your hump all week, right, Matt? You're doing mm-hmm. these house shows and then oh, the yeah. TV comes along, right? And you are just look at the rundown of TV. What do you want? What do you win? You got a match? That's awesome. A match on SmackDown, on UPN of all channels. What a what a treat. But, you know, then maybe you're not there. Maybe you're Johnny the Bull Stramboli, right? A freak athlete, like we've mentioned. Quite oh, uh, talented, so actually, we think. But all you got to do this week on television is is sit there and, and smoke cigars and drink beer and pretend to play cards for about four minutes. That's really not a, a bad way to go.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> so like, it's fine. That's a, a pretty sweet job. Yeah, you got to smoke the cigar enough so it looks like you didn't just light it. So you're, you're having some fun before, you're having some fun after. Works out pretty well. You can bite well. it just
1: for the look, or don't light it. But um, there you go. Yeah, yeah also. Yeah, we yeah, there. Well, yeah, Sean O'Hare. So of course, uh, our, our very fr- our very good friend of the SmackDown opening video. Roddy Piper's uh, new Millennium wrestler, Sean O'Hare. Matt <laughs> oh, Hardy's gosh. there. And I think that's all I counted. Um, yes. And then there's going to be another head count later on the show uh,
0: for another right.
1: thing where people are
0: just standing around. Well,
1: they're going to go to it
0: next. Um, they're going to go to it next, yeah. One thing I'll say here, I mean, credit to the APA. Uh, they're bringing people together here because there are good yeah, guys and there are people bad people guys. They, they are they all around the table. They had the brawl,
1: right? The ballroom brawl, or ballroom, bar room brawl. Everyone was excited to be a part of it. And yeah, good yeah. guys, bad guys. You know,
0: you, you, you could be You could be a new guy who is a face. You could be a, a, a an old WCW guy who's a heel. All are equal yeah. around APA's <laughs> table. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, really, what they're doing.
1: It's, I think it's it's. I mean, gosh, it's I healing. Mean, they're it's, healing. They're
0: healing our, they're healing our nation.
1: I mean, they, they they do nothing but heal the entire nation during
0: this whole segment, Matt. That's I will true. say that. So, the, Matt Hardy is there, as we said, <laughs> and he expresses disgust at how the APA treat Bruce, their manservant. Uh, and then <laughs> Shannon Moore comes up, and Matt treats him terribly. Shannon Moore says, You know, I've gone to seven places, I found you orange juice without pulp. Matt is angry because he says, "I always get extra pulp of my orange juice." Didn't you see that Matt fact a couple months ago? I was impressed
1: I was... <laughs> by that. I was Agreed. impressed. I was like, Same. "Wow, the Matt facts are going to pay dividends down the road." Now we really got to pay attention. It's Every like watching, episode like, now, it's all going like to be like prestige television. He's like long-term you you storytelling, he, long-term storytelling. You were janitor <laughs> back in the day, and now the janitors come to clean up. His bed. Did you know
0: that? There we go. Someone just playing. like. Hey Matt, I saved you the ginger that uh, we have with sushi. He's like, you know, I, I like having ginger with the sushi. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, Matt is he's, he he is treating Shannon terribly, and of course they can't let the, the obvious joke land. Frug has to be like, you call it the pot kettle black. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt says something about he's like, yeah, he's speaking of black, and he's like, okay. <laughs> which I think I think Bruce is like offended by that. Who are you calling black? I was like, you are. That's you're you're black. That's okay. I mean, I don't, yeah. like, hopefully he's not using it that way. But it was like a strange tone sort of thing. Yeah. But Matt says you are degrading Bruce. I am upgrading Shannon Moore, which I liked. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And he says, you know what? I'll show you what's what in what the tag team match tonight. They go okay, and so the party clears out because they're gonna go to the parking lot brawl, which is coming up here. Yeah, everyone everyone clears out. Yeah. And that's the end of the segment. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because everybody leaves and Bradshaw and Farouk are left alone. And Bradshaw stops Farouk to honor the people who saved lives on September 11th. Yep. And he says they did it just because they were Americans. And it's this moment where they they toast their beer. The crowd is is cheering as they talk about it. <laughs> and they're both like like Farouk and Bradshaw are like, yeah. Yeah, what a time that was. And <laughs> yeah, it's just like really weird. It. It's so strange. It's so genuine. It's just <laughs> this very real thing in the middle of a really silly cartoony segment. Yeah. And it's just, and, but, and, but they give it time to breathe too. It's just like, it's like that day, that's t- that Tuesday morning, two years ago, people going to work, coming home. Like, it's just, it's just so strange to hear it. It's an odd thing. And uh, I, gave, I looked at it weirdly when I watched the show.
1: It is, it is very strange. I will say that it was very it's strange. Very odd.
0: Yeah. Now, will at this point in the broadcast, things change between the U.S. and Canada, because okay. in, the, in the United States, I my understanding, forgive me if I get this wrong, in my understanding, the show continues and runs short. Uh, in Canada, we are treated to the full Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle match for SummerSlam that just happened. So, if you watch the show once, oh, what was was that Sportsnet or what was it, Will? Wasn't on, was on the score. It was on the score. If you're watching SmackDown on the score, September 11, 2003, in Canada, uh, then you get a full the full pay per view match from the recent SummerSlam: Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, crazy. Uh, and I guess essentially get people stoked for the Iron Man match next week, yeah. and, and it fits roughly in the amount of time they need the 22 minute mark. Now the big question is why is this show short? Why did it run for only 90 minutes in the United States? Well, it was because the UPN wanted to have a big debut for their big new sitcom, The Mullets. Oh, my Lord. Really? I am going to tell you with the Wikipedia entry for The Mullets. This is the – the, they debuted The Mullets. They were so confident in the market being the same for WWE and The Mullets. The Mullets <laughs> are blue-collar, wrestling-loving, lighthearted, optimistic brothers who don the hairstyle that bears their surname. Wikipedia goes to the goes to the likes to say business is the front, party in the back. <laughs> the brothers work as roofers. They sport identical mullet haircuts and have different personalities. Dwayne Mullet, who's played by a guy named Michael Weaver, has a loud, in-your-face demeanor, while Denny Mullet is a quieter, more thoughtful, easygoing guy played by David Hornsby. Will, do you know David Hornsby? Um, from It's Always Sunny in from uh, Mythic Quest. Uh I, I mean, I must. I'm trying to find it. Is there two T's in mullets? Uh, uh, is that, is, no, just that's... one T. It's I can't
1: uh, find it on IMDb for some reason.
0: The brothers live life to the fullest while dreaming of bigger and better futures, though their fantasies are out of step with their reality. <laughs> and so you I do wonder- remember
1: the show, by the way. You might- okay, good, good. Oh, here so, we go, The Mullets, yeah. Yeah.
0: Why did they cut SmackDown short for this? Uh, let me tell you the plot for the first episode. The one line is the brothers try to win wrestling tickets in a radio contest for their mother's birthday. So the first episode of The Mullets is about wrestling.
1: Oh yes. Okay. Okay. David Hornsby played cricket on it. It's always yeah.
0: funny. Yeah, okay. That's okay. right. Is there a problem to roll a mythic quest if you ever seen Mythic Quest on Apple T V plus?
1: Right. If, okay. if, you're,
0: if you if you could stream beyond uh WWE Network, you can also get Apple T V plus if you get you got a, a, a bonkers budget for uh, all the streaming stuff out there. Now you oh, can probably watch the mullets somewhere in the deep recesses of the internet, or you can look it up on WrestleCrap. I wanna recommend that. There's a lengthy entry there. Artie Reynolds uh, writes about the mullets. Yeah, I believe there was a uh, There's a bit of WWE footage in there, but it's Raw. Like, they shot it at Raw a few months ago. during I think W's. I do Re- remember something
1: saying. like that, too. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So wow. I was sure during the, the length of the show that you would hear Colin and Taz being like, stay off of the mullets. It's very exciting. They don't they, mention they, they, the they mullets do at it. all. So the show lasted, uh, they, they, they they filmed 11 episodes, they showed eight, and then they canceled it. They didn't even show the last three episodes that they first shot. first episode is called SmackDown. Makes sense. And, uh, it aired September eleventh, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, you
1: weren't. Uh, no, no word of a lie. Of course not. The so next that episode we'll... <laughs> aired uh, five days later on the sixteenth, and then it was weekly after that. And then they took a break in October and then came back a March for a couple episodes and said, "You know what? Forget it." So this features uh, Devon Hughes, Mark L- Mark Christopher Lawrence, uh, Mark Lomonico. Uh
0: By the way, Devon Devon Hughes and Mark LaMonico, uh, better known as Devon and Bubba Ray Dudley. Okay, there you go. There's at yeah. least one other character in the mullet who also has a mullet. I, th- I think there's there's a few guys, a few more guys in there. So there you go. Anyway, that's the mullets. That's why. Um, oh Peter wow, is really short. So short.
1: man, Mandy Mullet Heidecker, and then John O'Hurley. All right, who plays Elaine? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. exactly. Peter, Mr. Peterman, Jay Peterman. Okay, Jay Peterman. Wow, really stupid, unbelievable. Matt wouldn't have guessed it in a million years that no. the mullets. Oh, the poster! I had to, I had to dig so... in deep to find it, and I was thrilled to find it. Oh man, look at that photo! Yeah, look at them—they got mullets. Oh, isn't that funny? They got a funny it's hilarious. haircut. Could you imagine people having that haircut? It's amazing. I, so, it's, so, it, what's it gonna... used to be a hairdo. Like watching <laughs> all the old Summerslams, like Mike Kyoto just has a mullet in yeah. like the early '90s, and it's just like a cool haircut a guy
0: has. <laughs> amazing, so bad. So we get back uh, to our uh, our broadcast of SmackDown here, and we see John Cena is in the parking lot. He's decked yeah. out in a Brian Urlacher uh, Chicago Bears jersey and jeans, and uh, he's asking the referee, what's legal in the parking lot brawl? And so Let's I think Brian Hebner is there. Yeah. He's got yeah. a chin. He's like, is this legal? And he smacks a car with it, and he's like, yeah. He's yeah. like, if I punch him with this, <laughs> is that legal? And Brian Hebner's like, it's legal.
1: Well, I want John Cena to do that for every wrestling match he's in. So it's like, what if I? What if, what if one shoulder comes off the mat? Does that still count? Like, is that no, it still? Count. No, it doesn't count. Well, oh, okay. he's a closed fist. He's like, you shouldn't do that. No, you shouldn't do. I'll
0: admonish you for that for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what if I hold on to the ropes? So you got a five count. Oh, okay, yeah, interesting. There it is. Uh, so Cena's very pumped up. He's very pumped. Everything is legal. It's very exciting. Uh, now, we get another great sponsored video clip here. It's the WWE Cool Color of the Night. What? Like Sp- what? Uh, what?
1: <laughs> By the, the way, what WWE cool color, cool are men color of have the hair? night. hair?
0: It's gonna be blonde brunette or something else. I don't know. Red. Well, the thing I thought was funny. It's 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 sponsored by Maxim Hair Color for guys. It's when Cena beat up Eddie Guerrero after low blowing him two weeks ago in El Paso. I thought it was a reference to the fact that Eddie bladed and got color. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It like, a very good inside. Very inside. So now, folks, we have John Cena versus Eddie Guerrero in the Latino Heat Parking Lot Brawl, which is um, Latino Heat Parking Lot Brawl. I like that.
1: I call it I call it a parking garage brawl in my uh, notes. I mean, I guess it's technically a lot as
0: well. But the fact that they're inside inside. Yeah, I I think a garage is more apt. A garage. Um, John Cena takes time to do a homophobic and racist rap for Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I'll tell you what he says. Oh, my gosh, right, of course. Will, why don't don't I forget, forget who you
1: have on the show. Will, so don't get excited. canceled
0: for quoting John Cena. Can I just ask you not to do that? Also, I'm uh, really excited to hear you deliver the word diarrhea. So go for it, Will.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert for this uh, this rap. I started listening to John Cena's uh, 2005 album the other day. Boy, that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, Eddie Guerrero wants to challenge me to a street fight. Want to butcher me? He can't even beat his meat right. I'm a rock him so hard, he'll think his, my name is my via. I'll force-feed him gorditas till he explodes of diarrhea. This is your last chance, Eddie. Back out. Save your pride. I'ma steal his shine faster than I stole his ride. I'm a Jedi, Jedi Knight. Stunt double for Anakin. I fight my for my lightsaber. His is for backdoor shenanigans. You got no hydraulics in your car. You got a sexual sickness. His car bounces up and down because he sits on his stick shift. Okay, those rhymes are awful. Like they're not even Anakin rhymes with shenanigans. Like, I mean, what are come we on! Doing? I, My I, I gotta give up for that. Like, what's going on? It's, it's awful. Like, just like the worst. Like, it... just just horrible content. This is bad rhymes. Right.
0: You're more offended by the artistry of it as opposed to the. Uh, I'm parts offended where he by belittles. everything. <laughs> I'm
1: offended that I had to say that. And folks, if you want to take that clip out, and burn it, go
0: ahead. Play yeah, non-cest. go for it. It's for your, your opportunity to do that. So uh, there's a bunch of wrestlers watching, including the guys from the APA's office. But the Bashams are also there. Well, was there anybody else other than the Bashams and those guys that you saw? Funaki is there in his yeah, uh, blue there. SmackDown t-shirt, looking good after taking the L on Velocity. He should and, be. He should uh, have a microphone. He should be trying to. He should be trying to do like a mid-game like, kind of thing,
1: like when Booker T ran to the ring in TNA. You ever see that clip? It was like, oh Booker T, Booker T gonna do, oh Booker T gonna oh, oh, oh. Like he's sitting at the commentators' table, and then like this, this big, you know, TNA. A hexagon ring show ending brawl oh, yeah. and he just like runs down to the ring with a microphone in his name like oh but you're gonna be that guy oh you're gonna move right there oh you gotta get oh, no, you're gonna... oh no. <laughs> it's hilarious um, sounds great but uh yeah he should have he should have been like oh John Cena you know could have been an I quit Matt parking lot uh, brawl match and, F- and Funaki could have to be quit and then there was another individual there aside from the poker players uh and uh, the Basham brothers and Funaki and I wrote uh, um uh, Billy Gunn? Question mark and yes. parenthetical and indeed it is
0: yes it is I Billy thought, Gunn yes I saw him blurrily and then I was like and now you say that I was like oh, he was there it's right he was indeed there yeah so they're all there so I just if you haven't watched the show I want to make it very clear what's happening here essentially there's a ring of cars they're all kind of parked nose in and so it's mm-hmm. like a circle and so there's a little kind of concrete circle in the middle but it's all the cars all the way around and the wrestlers are kind of milling behind or kind of in in amongst the cars there so the uh, that's where this brawl is taking place. And so Eddie rolls up in a truck, a uh, low-rider truck, and when he gets out, he immediately runs at Cena and hits him in the gut with the U.S. title, and the match is underway. There is no bell rung there, at least, but uh, it begins. Good move, though. It's smart, yeah, and they take turns tossing each other on the hoods of cars that are encircling them, and uh, we see Cena gets a delayed vertical suplex from the hood onto the roof of the car, which is wild to see. It's like to see a guy standing on the hood of a car, lifting the other guy over their head to have the confidence that he's not going to slip— uh, but it landed on the roof. I was like, good or grief. That the, like dangerous. the
1: hood of the car is not going to, like, dent in or something. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> they it's did tough. a lot of stuff, and I'm like, these aren't all good ideas. <laughs> in fact, a lot of these are bad ideas, but, uh, I mean, they make for good
0: entertainment. But,
1: like, yeah.
0: Yeah, take it easy there, pal. Damn. The, other, the understated the, – sorry, the unstated part of this match is, like, we're going to do a bunch of bumps that doesn't involve anybody doing, like, flat, black, flat back bumps on, like, concrete because that's all there is outside there. It's all kind of car-based shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, to borrow a word from John Cena. Yeah. And so <laughs> Cena goes over to a minivan, and he opens the trunk, and out comes a bunch of tools, uh, and also out comes a lawnmower, <laughs> which he uh, turns on. Yes. Rip cords on or whatever you call that. And then he runs after Eddie, presumably to do uh, what happened in that episode of Mad Men when a woman uh, drove a lawnmower over a guy's foot. Uh, so he's trying to kill <laughs> I was him thinking that of the uh, Peter Jackson film, Dead Alive, uh, the end of that film. But anyway, yeah. There you go. Uh, different references there. Uh, Eddie thankfully dodges the lawnmower. The lawnmower stays on for the rest of the matches, I, I believe.
1: Yeah. Oddly, it's just kind of puttering there the whole time. But it's like... That, that, that's what, like, when wrestling kind of crosses the line, is like, all right, no, we're supposed to have, like, a match where you're just supposed to, like, knock a guy out or hurt him so he taps out, not kill him or chop <laughs> up pieces of his body. Literally like, maim him. Like, really, like, what are we doing?
0: This what is the we week doing? after John Cena stole a car and Bra- and Brock Lesnar kidnapped a guy.
1: And kidnapped a guy through downstairs Attempted yeah. murder.
0: Right, uh, yeah. And so Eddie grabs a shovel. I believe a shovel fell out of the, the truck when, or the, the trunk of the minivan when Cena went in there. <clears throat> and so he swings it at. Uh, oh no, sorry. Cena grabs the shovel first, yes. and he swings it violently at Eddie, even like kind of uh, the the sharp side down. Eddie dodges, and so he just dents the hood of a car. So Eddie grabs a shovel, he swings at Cena, but Cena dodges, and Eddie ends up breaking the front headlight of a car. Yeah,
1: a lot of a lot of um, like Street Fighter uh, to uh, car uh, damage in this, which is always satisfying to see.
0: Right. Uh, Eddie hits Cena with a car door which is great and he starts to choke him with a seatbelt at which point I write down in my notes this is fun,
1: fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's choking that man this is enjoyable
0: yeah John Cena gets the trunk of a car open he tosses Eddie into it and then when he's on there <laughs> Cena kind of pounds on it which I guess he would do if you are like a bully in like a movie in the 80s it wouldn't actually hurt you it was
1: actually really stupid how what he does considering right. how it ends up
0: on some level I'd be like oh did you win the match but no because Cena comes over and uh, Eddie McGraw manages to pop the trunk open and so it's almost treated like a jawbreaker on Cena, who gets like knocked backwards by it. Yeah. Then Eddie gets tossed onto a car, which breaks the windshield. And Eddie covers Cena on top of the car, but he only gets two. Uh, and then Cena gets thrown headfirst into the window of a car, smashing it. And then Eddie goes into <laughs> one shortly thereafter as well. They're both just tossing uh, each other into the car, the uh, windows of cars.
1: The glass, glass shatters.
0: Steve Austin nowhere to be found. Nobody found. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Eddie gets covered, but he kicks out of two after getting his head uh, put through a window. And then Cena gets into the driver's seat of a car. Uh, I don't know, sensibly to leave, maybe? It's hard to hard to tell. But Eddie gets to the passenger side, and so he pounds Cena's head into the steering wheel, making it honk. <laughs> honks every time. It's fantastic. It rules. Uh, <laughs> and then a spot that I did not remember and was shocked to see is that Eddie then grabs the cigarette lighter and burns <laughs> Cena with it. I put burns in quotes. Uh, and I don't think the cigarette lighter was, like, plugged into it at the time, but it's sensibly... No. Uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, just burned John Cena's flesh with a cigarette lighter in the car, which will—I don't know if that brought back some sad memories for you. As uh... Uh,
1: those things are hot, folks. Listen, yeah, don't. I don't think cars even have them anymore. No, don't, don't, don't use them if you're in a very old car. Cigarette lighter is there for a. Re- there was a thing in a car, Matt, that was plugged in the whole time. And mm-hmm. You took it out and you applied it to the cigarette in your mouth, and it lit it for you. And you plugged it back in to stay depressed. You press it
0: in for it to turn on and and to get all hot, but it would happen. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, man, what a time. Uh, Yeah,
0: uh, long
1: story short, I did burn myself on the hand with a cigarette lighter. And then we watched the movie. Of our family car in the 90s, as I recall. Yes, yeah. And I had to get a bag of ice for the Cole Harbor Place concession stands. And the kids in front of me thought I had a bag of pee. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And even before that, even before he burns them, and I was actually thinking too. Uh, like, what if this was like uh, you know, a deathmatch match style thing where everything has to be quote unquote, you know, real? Where it's like, yeah. oh, you know, Cody Rhodes going through a flaming table and being like, <laughs> requiring, you know, refusing skin grafts like uh, Harvey Dent, um, yeah, you know, afterwards. But there is a funny po- point too where I, I think Eddie adjusts like the um, the rearview mirror in there and he goes yes. like, smile for mama. <laughs> that is <laughs> yes, uh, The that. smack talking during these things is always uh, is always fun. There needed to be again in my SummerSlam rewatch watching the uh, the boiler room brawl Vince yes. Gundarina at SummerSlam 96 in uh, Cleveland where uh, Paul Bearer ended up turning Matt on the Undertaker. Uh right. there was so much they just they're just in there like throwing stuff on each other mostly Mankind beating up Undertaker. If you ever wanted to hear Mick Foley go <laughs> yeah, for like twenty minutes. That's the match for you, my friend.
0: There should have uh, been smack talk there. Yeah, it's true. It's what happens. Uh, so Cena escapes from the car after being burned with a cigarette lighter, but Eddie turns on the windshield wipers and gets some wiper fluid in Cena's eyes. Yeah,
1: Michael, Michael Cole <laughs> says
0: yes. Sorry. Uh, when
1: when they're in the car before too, when he smacks him against the the car horn, Taz like that oh, reminds me of when you and me used to ride together, Cole. <laughs> and then they do the windshield wipers so you get they mm-hmm. get bonked by these windshield wipers and you get the wiper fluid and Michael Coles does um well that stuff burns you know and Koz uh, Taz like how do you know he's like my wife throws it at
0: me <laughs> one of the one of the stranger lines on the show one one of the stranger things he said Michael, I don't get Cole, the you joke o- are you are you okay <laughs> what's going on <laughs> do you need help man like oh man reach out please let's call somebody oh, uh grasp <laughs> <Your> it <better laughs> call somebody so Eddie gets back body dropped on the hood of a car. Cena covers him for two. Then Cena goes for an FU, but Eddie gets out of it. He ends up to- hip tossing Cena onto the hood of a car. And so Cena's there, and then shortly after the hip toss happens, uh, someone <gasps> runs up and smashes a hubcap over John Cena's head. I suppose it's made out of pottery. I'm not sure. Uh, or it's very weak plastic. And it's Chavo Guerrero. Yes! A, mem- a member of the titular SmackDown 6 returns. Jeff He's been gone oh. since May 2003. might have even been April. Uh, and so Chavo is here. He hits John Cena in the head. Eddie Guerrero takes the opportunity to jump from the roof of a minivan and hits a frog splash on Cena on the hood of a car. And he covers him for the one, two, and the three Latino heat parking lot brawl, won by Eddie Guerrero with some help from Chavo Guerrero. Chavo grabs the U.S. title. He puts it over show his shoulder, maybe foreshadowing some jealousy or something like that, potentially, I would mm. say. I hope not. And uh, Chavo and Eddie, they leave together in a lowrider truck, and Cena is a bloody mess.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chavo says that the uh, U.S. title belongs to the Guerrero's, and uh, Eddie the whole time. I like the touch that Chavo is now going to just drive the lowrider out of there. Like, he's going right. to drive, like, Eddie to, you know, Eddie had his his eyes checked, and he had those um, dilution drops put in his eyes and he can't really see, so he has to have someone else pick him up and drive him away. Right. Um uh, uh Eddie the whole time is like, I got a headache. <laughs> He's like, I Got a headache. I imagine you wouldn't uh, get a headache. There was the Eddie Guerrero is yes. either I think it was the John Cena, like the first John Cena DVD, the Word Life DVD, Matt. You can picture it orange cover with a lock with the WWE logo on it, right?
0: The yes. word life.
1: Yeah. This match wasn't on it. I was just disab- I thought this match should be on. I thought this was like a very formative match in John Cena's early career. I thought it was really cool. Uh I remember it being really cool. I remember it being outside. Uh but um it was uh yeah, I think it was everything you could ask for out of a parking lot brawl.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it was it, was, it worked out so well. It, yeah, surprising it's not on other stuff like that, but um yeah, it technically maybe considered I guess it wouldn't really be considered a um uh, cinematic match is what has, has become a common parlance for that now. I don't think they would do that, but no, it's not like sort
1: of. a, a stadium stampede 2 or something. Yeah, right.
0: So, next up, we have the APA versus Matt Hardy, and Shannon Moore, the match that was made earlier in the Shannon, uh, the APA's office. Yeah, uh, now I'm watching this and I'm seeing the APA come out, they're wearing their t shirts and jeans, they are not in wrestling attire. And I'm like, no. is this a last minute edition? Maybe like this feels like a match that was tacked on because some there's some time issues here, is my guess.
1: Really feels like it. Also, the like the style of the APA does, like they can they can wrestle in jeans. They're fine. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, nice
0: yeah. I mean, we end up all, we also see Farouk is wearing white cowboy boots, which rules. <laughs> yes, awesome I gotta look. see.
1: Now this dates the show, but there's a uh, broken skull sessions with Ron Simmons coming up that I would very much like to check out. Because nice, I'm sure it'd be great. Uh, I imagine that guy would have a lot to uh, a lot to say. He's been around a long time, Matt, and he's still with oh, us, time. and we're all, we're all happy for
0: it. So Matt Hardy is coming out, which gives us some Matt facts. That's right. Matt Hardy – sorry, Matt rarely uses turn signals, and Matt's entertainment system requires five remotes. (laughs) It's kind of funny.
1: Um, Rarely uses turn signals. Matt, I I don't drive as often as you do. I mean, like, this is this not, like, the heliest thing that Matt Hardy has said in his Matt facts?
0: Just one of those things where you're just kind of like, that's not going to serve you well. I mean, do you just go straight all the time? Like, I don't quite get that. (laughs) It's like – it's bad for you to
1: do that, right? Yeah. But I guess, you know, we live in an age, Matt, where people do things that are bad for them almost on purpose <laughs> and, like, defiantly right. for, for, for trying to get one up on somebody. I don't know. Yes. The, yeah, Congratulations, just, you played this, this, yourself, this, eventually, is what's going to play at your funeral, but I
0: digress. A general culture uh, move towards <laughs> trying to own people, whether they're, whether they're real or not. Libs, libs or otherwise. Libs, libs or otherwise. <laughs> We're also the told mullets. we can buy Matt... Matt oh Hardy's God. Sensei of Matitude purple shirt on ww.shop.com. Yeah,
1: that's kind of a cool thing. Like, buy this purple shirt. Ugh.
0: So, Farouk starts off with Shannon Moore. Farouk is like, he doesn't even really want to like, wrestle <laughs> Shannon Moore <That's laughs> no, until Shannon Moore want to like, flexes on him. No. Uh, and so he just clobbers Shannon Moore. Matt Hardy gets tagged in as his Bradshaw and he suplexes Matt. Uh, and then there's a moment here where Matt Hardy clothesline Bradshaw when he's got Shannon Moore uh, in a powerbomb position. Mm-hmm. Which leads to Shannon Moore getting a jackknife cover, but it only gets two. But it's, it was done in such a way that I was like, "Well, that could maybe be the finish. Would be strange that you it. Had to lose
1: like yeah. that." Yeah, could could have started a thing where it's like, "Oh, they got one up on us." While we were playing around before, we ain't
0: playing around now. That's right. Uh, Shannon Moore gets kind of knocked into the corner. Bradshaw runs off the ropes. He destroys him with a clothesline from hell. Uh, just absolutely clobbers him. Makes a great noise. Shannon Moore like fall like is like dist- uh, straight off his feet. Looks fantastic. Yeah, uh, and that gets the one, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the clothesline's cool. Uh, depending on who. Takes it and Shannon takes it quite well. Pretty much always looks good. It's like the one thing that makes me mad about Bradshaw, and I'm like, I can't argue with the fact that that looks really cool. Yeah, it, should be, I, it shouldn't work, but it does work. Yeah, Bradshaw. I thought Bradshaw's
1: offense in this match was actually like pretty good. Like hit some elbow drops and uh, stuff, and it looked you
0: know tight and tight and rough and good. If this paper, if this if this podcast leads to me appreciating Bradshaw more, I'll be. I'll never forget myself. <laughs> Again, congratulations, Matt. You played yourself. Ugh. After the match, Bruce the Butler comes down to the ring. He's got a tray covered with a I don't know that like that silver kind of uh, covering uh, thing. The dome. I, was, I thought to I thought to look <laughs> that up. But I forget what it's called. Just just a lid. It's, called it's a, a lid. lid but and he opens it up, and of course, in there are a couple of beers. for The APA who drink it at the ring. And they chug it like it's very uh, Steve Austin barroom brawl or or um, or beer bash style. I would say, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a cloche. It's a cloche. I think cloche serving dish. Okay, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, you can get on Amazon app for fifty two dollars. <laughs> okay. Well, let's you know business expense. Let's do it. Uh, so next week on SmackDown, we're told it's a sixty minute Iron Man match. The most falls win. And so Will, I want to take an opportunity here. Mm, uh, yes, please. Because I did something. I, I said I I pulled a Will. Was my what I decided, what I said here because I uh, I went through and I watched every single Iron Man match in WWE history, leading up. Sounds to like it sounds like a lot. It does sound like a lot. It's not as much as you might think. Uh, if you think about like if you were watching a couple of like SmackDowns or Raw during the week, not all of the Iron Man matches are an hour long, mm. so uh, you can actually get through them fairly well. But uh, yeah, I just want to talk about them because there's a dynamic. There's just dynamics to them that I find very interesting. Um, I also, I, I like, I went through all of them and then like an hour before I got onto podcast with you, Will, I was like, I forgot about one. <laughs> That's oh, one I really? Forgot about. Uh, I have seen it before though, so I feel confident I can talk about it still. So it's okay. But I, I want to talk about the Ironman it matches. It's a very interesting thing. Uh, I, I like sports, uh, not, not every sport, but the dynamic of Ironman matches that I love is that the, it's like points. You get a fall, you get a point and you get, a it's clock. closer to the yeah, you it's know, like a sports like field. Like
1: t- yeah, I, I know how you mean. Yeah, you score, you score, like, it's actually more like amateur wrestling, right? Don't you score points for, like, like,
0: uh, I think so. And stuff? Yeah. Um, but those never last an hour. That'd be insane. An amateur wrestling match stuff right now. Now, the interesting thing is, um, that I so I decided to watch all the televised Iron Man matches because there were some untelevised ones that happened even before WrestleMania 12. Oh. Uh, there is a Bret Hart a couple instances of Bret Hart versus Ric Flair in an Iron Man match in 1993, which is insane. Imagine if you could watch that. Oh, my Lord. Uh, And there's also Bret Hart versus Owen Hart Iron Man matches in summer
1: 1994.
0: Oh, man. Right? Uh, Now, the thing I will say about those, those are on YouTube. They are fan cam styles. They're kind of hard to watch. I have watched the Bret Owen one. And you do, if you're somebody who kind of, if you made the same noise as Will just made, you kind of owe it yourself to try to watch them. Uh, uh, Because they're it's an Iron Man match with Owen Hart and Bret Hart. <laughs> like, Dude, of course.
1: Dude, their, their cage match at SummerSlam '94. People are going insane right. the entire time. Like, there's it's like everything they do. They're trying to get out of the cage. It's just such good cage match psychology. It Ugh. makes so much sense.
0: And every time that, Owen goes for the cage, people are like, no.
1: That Ugh. has been
0: on. That has been on my list of like matches to watch for forever. And so I will watch at some point soon. I'll put it um, on top. So I also thought about watching some other promotions. It's like, oh, I could do WCW. WCW only had two; they were both thirty-minute ones, and all of the TNA's were also thirty minutes. Um, I will say I fundamentally oppose any match that is less than an hour being called an Iron Man match.
1: Yeah, I find the thirty-minute thing is is kind of weird. Like I, I do, I do enjoy, and you're you're about to get to it. But Sasha and uh, Charlotte was it, and NXT had yep. a thirty-minute uh, Iron Woman match, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it, it it sticks, you know. It kind of sticks in my craw, too, a little bit. Because they, they, they would never dub it a half Iron Man match. Because it's just like. Oh, yeah. No. You know, it just sounds so dingy. I do want to ask, though, in WCW and TNA, did they call it something different? Like adjacent Iron Man match? Because I guess WWE is. No, I think it was have Iron the, Man. You, right. They, 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 they do not have the. Um, trademark on Iron
0: Man, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say too, Iron Man. Uh, if it's one word or two, depends throughout the years. Uh, they've kind of settled on it being one word, Iron Man, all one word, which I, I think is bizarre. But uh, uh, like I, I, I too. Was- um Yeah, A strange yeah. thing. So I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to go in depth on every match here, but I just want to talk about them. Period, because I think it, there's interesting things in each one to talk about. Right. Uh, the first one, you know, famously Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12. I think uh. the current, I think the current thoughts on this match is that it's like boring. And you know, I'm watching it, and first off, it's funny. Earl Hebner's in there. He's explaining the rules beforehand, and so he's like, this is, so if if you leave the ring, and I count to 10, that's a fall. <laughs> he, I think he literally says that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, good, we, we get that. Yeah. Um, and so you there's fully a 15 to 20-minute section where it's so full of rest moves you could almost excise it entirely. And I will say that if you watch it, and you have a skip button available. Like, if you're just watching with like the plus 10 or the plus 15, you can get through it in, in like 30 or 40 minutes. And it's a good match. Okay. But it's just there's so much that's skippable in it. And one of the things that makes you feel insane, Bret Hart does not go for a sharpshooter until 54 minutes into the match, which is an yeah. insane strategy. Right. It does not right, make right. sense for the excellence of execution. You'd
1: think you'd want to do that early, take out the legs, you know, so that he's got no legs to stand on for like 55 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah. My and favorite part in that match is when it, when it finishes and, uh, it's like, oh, the referee has decided this match. must continue from Finkel. And Brett's on the aisle and he just turns around and just goes, why?
0: <laughs> yeah, he does not like it. That comes up later. Uh, he doesn't like it. Uh, also, you may have heard that, like, uh, Shawn Michaels was mean to Earl Hebner after the match. I'm not an Earl Hebner fan. Probably like the, not an Earl Hebner fan at all.
1: When he, like, uh, snatches she- the belt. Or, like, when Shawn, like, kicks Brett yeah, he- out
0: and <laughs> says, this is my effing moment or something. I tried to watch that for that for that quote, but he does a moment where like uh, he literally pushes Earl Hebner over to be like "go away," and he looks like such a dick. And then he kind of reverts <laughs> back to like "oh, the childhood dream," but you're like, you're a piece <laughs> yeah. of garbage, man. So that was that. yeah. So they had it March nineteen ninety six. They had one, and then uh, Judgment Day two thousand. The Rock and Triple H had one. This is one of my favorite ones. I think it's fantastic.
1: This is where the uh, Undertaker comes back at the end.
0: The Undertaker comes back at the end. One thing I will mention yeah. here is that uh, when uh, the Rock. Sorry, Triple H hits The Rock with a chair when there's about 15 minutes left to make it three three. So he gives The Rock a fall. He's up three yeah. two. He hits him with a chair. He gets disqualified, uh, and then he immediately pins Rock with his feet on the ropes to make it four three. And so he gets a, <laughs> he gets the fall back, and then he gets a sleeper hold on him, and he makes it five three with 12 minutes left. So he goes from being uh, from three two to up two falls yeah. with 12 minutes left. Great strategy. Super cool. I will also point out that Shawn Michaels is a referee for this match because he's friends with Triple H and he did the Iron Man. Is this the one where
1: right? he's wearing the booty shorts?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they do the thing where uh, Triple H is up five three, and then Rock comes back and he uh, he pedigrees Triple H on the announce table, gets back in the ring, and Triple H gets counted out. It's like a five four. Then Rock Pedigree with two minutes the left. Table. So insane. Yeah. Uh, Rock hits the people's elbow with two minutes left to tie it up at five five. The crowd is <laughs> going insane, and then people's elbow. Uh, Shawn Michaels gets bumped the, like DX and the and the uh, corporate or whatever you call the McMahon family adjacent people they all come down The Undertaker comes back from being injured he fights off a bunch of people and with like two seconds left he chokeslams Triple H and then uh, Shawn Michaels has to go over to Howard Finkel and say I'm disqualifying The Rock because Triple H was power- was chokeslammed by The Undertaker <laughs> so it's 6-5 Triple H's time expires Triple H wins the title back and you see The Rock literally say WTF which is great <laughs> I think it's one of the Rock the, would would
1: say, sweat. Rock swore so much on camera, oh, like he, he made no bones about saying he wouldn't even d- to. think about it
0: doing it now. He's like, ah, ha, ha. Uh, you son buck, yeah. oh man. Uh, so that is the last. They it's probably the best one they've done. If you haven't seen it, like honestly, it's I feel so, like it's watching so it now.
1: Good. It sounds like really insane, but it I really
0: good. it's a it's really great. It's also the Attitude Era, so at, at some point they can just kind of like go brawl in the crowd, which is fun, which is great. Of course um, they do. Of course. The next, do. Time, the next time, next time, match after that is Brock versus Kurt. We're gonna talk about it next week. Uh, oh, it's
1: only the third one ever.
0: Yeah, which is wild. To I think mean, about. like
1: third one that we've seen on, on TV, I guess. But it's the first like Vince. I know Vince makes a lot of hay of the fact that it's going to be on TV.
0: Yeah. So there's four years between the first and the second. There's three years between the third, uh, second and the third. And then Triple H has another Iron Man match. Gets Chris Benoit uh, within a year of this one that we're talking about because it's Chris Benoit versus Triple H in an Iron Man match on July twenty six, two thousand four on Raw.
1: Oh, they wrong. Okay.
0: This one famously uh, has a terrible ending where uh, where Eugene comes out oh, no. and interferes. Now the thing I'll say, so tri- like the storyline for a lot of these Iron Man matches, it's different ways of doing it. But Triple H uh, gets the he gets up like three one, I think, and Chris Benoit fights back three two three three. He gets there. Um, so Eugene runs in for the crowd with three minutes left. He fights off Evolution because they both come they all come down to ringside. He hits Triple H with a rock bottom, then a steel chair, <laughs> and then. Benoit takes fully 35 seconds, I counted, to crawl over to Triple H. So I think with, like, I think with like 42 seconds left, he starts crawling over. He puts a hand on him. And Eugene puts Mike Kyoto back in the ring with 15 seconds left. And he slow counts. He slow counts so slow that it takes fully 10 seconds to get to three. <laughs> he slow counts, and Benoit wins four, three with five seconds left. And it's just such a bummer of an Iron Man match. And, it, like... The, I think the end of Raw that night is like Eugene sitting on the announce table Triple H pointing at him like "You did this," and it's like uh, that leads their exciting. match
1: at SummerSlam 2004, which I saw.
0: There you go, man. Oh man, uh, the next Iron Man match, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, thirty uh, minute Iron Man match. I think it was in like the Homecoming Raw. Um, yeah, again, thirty minutes. Uh, th- I, don't, I don't. Okay, here is the thing: I don't think it deserves being called an Iron Man match. The other problem is that the psychology doesn't really work with 30 minutes because matches go half an hour all the time.
1: Yeah. yeah um, yeah. this is,
0: this, this has this match immediately, probably immediately because current angle gets a top row bangle slam to go up one, nothing with eight minutes in. It's like, that's not how a match would end between those two. It's stupid. Um, also knowing this is on TV. And so you, there's a commercial break in like almost four minutes happen off screen, which is rough. Yeah. Uh, and so they end up getting tied, uh, with two minutes left. Uh, sorry. They end up tied with five minutes left. Shawn Michaels sits the sweet Jam music on him. Um, and then uh, Shawn Michaels hits a moonsault, but Kurt reverses it into an ankle lock with a minute 45 left. For like at 90 seconds, Shawn Michaels is in the ankle lock. He's not tapping. That's super annoying. He escapes in time. He hits Sweet Chim music on Kurt Angle, and he covers him with two seconds left, but time runs out. Ah, uh, so it's like one, two, eh. And so this isn't for a title. This is like, oh, um, uh, Kurt beat Shawn at WrestleMania. I think Shawn must have beat Kurt at, at SummerSlam. This is like the rubber match. And so... Shawn Michaels gets on the ring of the mic afterwards. He goes, ah, we're not going to end it that way. Jack, let's do sudden death. And Kurt just says, no, and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> bummer. Just a bummer thing. Uh, and then, Will, have you ever seen the Bragging Rights 2009, Iron Man, match between John Cena, and Randy Orton? Uh, No. This is weird. Okay, so this is like <laughs> – Okay, it's, it's – the, the weird, this stipulation is anything goes, which I've never heard them really use as like a former stipulation. It's false count anywhere, no disqualification, no count out. Oh, my Lord. In an Iron Man okay. match. I was like, okay, this is a curious thing. Beautiful. Here's the other thing. Between, this is October 2009. These guys faced each other on pay-per-view in July, August, September, and earlier in October. Yeah. They, they wrestled in, let me say, a triple threat match with Triple H, then one-on-one, then an I quit match, then a Hell in a Style match, and now this. It's, it's it's just an insane feud. I didn't I watch that insane so
1: rivalry in like 2009. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. to me. Uh, there's also a 30 second break after every fall, which I don't like, and I don't know why they do it. Because it kind of you can't do the thing which Triple H did. Nothing matters. There's no disqualification. You can't do the thing where you get disqualified and then you get a, a fall right away. That that goes away. They like, we call it the Triple H rule. Pretty he much. He did it in 2000. Yeah. The one thing I will say uh, about this match is that uh, Cena gets an STF on Randy Orton. He taps with 56 minutes left, um, which makes sense. So, like, strategy-wise, yeah, you don't want to be in a hold for a long time, and then you're screwed for the rest of the match. So he just taps right away, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and so they do all this stuff, and essentially <laughs> there's a bunch of falls. Randy Orton gets a draping DDT on the floor to go up 5-4 with 25 minutes left. There were nine falls in 35 minutes which is oh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> like, actually crazy. At one point, uh, Randy Orton uh, puts Cena on the uh, – they're, they're, like, fighting by the stage, and they, like, run into the, the pyro board, and they hit something, and pyro goes off. And so Orton gets an idea and then puts oh, is Cena – Oh, this is when he, like,
1: goes and, like, slams down the pyro board?
0: <laughs> yeah, he goes, to, he goes to kill John Cena with an, an explosion. It doesn't work. He does uh, it so theatrically, too. It's like, the which fan so of the stupid. opera. <laughs> um, the referee gets bumped with two minutes and 45 seconds left. It's tied up. Uh, Cena gets this an STF locked on with a minute left and Orton taps with five seconds left to put Cena up 6'5 to give him the match the title and the feud. It's just is a lot to it. Um the psychology's kind of weird. I'm not I wasn't a huge fan. Uh it's people don't really love that, and I think they were sick of John Cena and Randy Orton at the time. So I get it. I get people will be sick of that. Uh, and then there was six years six years went by before Bailey and Sasha Banks had a thirty minute Iron Man match at Takeover Respect. That's oh, okay, called.
1: Sasha and Bailey then. Okay. Yeah. This yeah, was after but, their but,
0: Brooklyn uh Yes. Match. But well, that other match you're thinking of does exist. It's the one after this. Oh, okay. Um yeah, so it's 30 minutes. I mean, it was pretty good, you know. Uh Bailey uh, uh Sasha got uh, she kind of like leaned into being a heel and went up one one uh one nothing and then uh Bailey got a Bailey to belly, 1-1. One, one. Uh there's a count out involved. Um
1: Is this, this when is the, also Yeah. Is, is this when Sasha takes uh, Izzy's like headband? Yes. Uh, Izzy, of course, the super Bailey fan. Uh, and uh, she yeah. starts weeping, she's just so upset. It's yes. insane, but like, she oh, she recovers wow. later in the match, though. You see her later on. Oh, I mean, she recovers okay. But yeah. I remember Sasha doing that. I was like, oh wow, that's
0: awesome because it's like real heel work. Like, she doesn't care about making a kid cry. I know. Well, I mean, the crowd is the kind of story of this match, too, right? Where there's, mm-hmm. there's that, but there's also. This is so early in women's revolution. They're literally chanting women's wrestling at the match. That they
1: just like, yeah, they're just so thrilled it's happening. It's like
0: kind of cringy in 2022, but I guess at the time it was so novel. So I kind of have to forgive it. But they also do a holy S word chant when Bailey hits a Bailey to Bailey on the floor. And you're like, really? I move on the floor and you're like, oh, legit. Oh, legit.
1: The the holy S word chant definitely got uh, misappropriated somewhere down the line. I mean, um, you know, not that 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 wouldn't hurt. Not that it's not cool. Uh, it's just... Uh, I think fans want to say like, any reason for the Holy S. They return. want to I'm say like, it. Whoa. It's true.
0: They want to say yeah. it. Uh, Bailey ends up winning. She gets a version of Saturn's rings on Sasha. And Sasha submits with three seconds left to go up 3-2. Uh, so it's had $5 in three minutes, which is 30 minutes. That feels too much. Who does the rings of Saturn now? It's uh, one of the women wrestlers. I can't remember who. There's somebody who so. uses it for sure. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks. They actually have the 30-minute Iron Man match end of the line. Roblox end of the line 2016. So their main roster was for the Raw Women's Title. Michael Cole, before this match between Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks, says these two have wrestled six times for the Raw Women's Title, and the title changed hand five times.
1: Yeah, it, it was kind of insane. I think that it wasn't part of the part of the story there too is that like Sasha couldn't defend, could never defend the title. Like Sasha would win the title, and then her first oh, she'd lose defense, it. Like two she'd days lose it. Yep. Yeah,
0: um, which is why I knew that when she came into champion, she was losing this match. Um, right. Yeah. It ends up being two two at the end of regulation. I say regulation. sounds kind of silly, silly to say that. And they go to overtime for the first time since 1996, and uh, they have a little bit of back and forth. Charlotte gets the figure eight again because that's just got last fall. Sorry, and she wins the match in the title. So it's gone. Like, oh, there you go. A um, couple of dumb matches here. Looking forward to talking about these ones here. Uh, there's a tag team Iron Man match, 30 minutes. Sheamus and Cesaro against the Hardy Boys. Great balls of fire. Not 2017. Great balls of fire. Yeah. And I was like, okay, an Iron Man tag match is intriguing. Uh, but I didn't like it at all, really. Cesaro starts off the match with Matt Hardy. He like distracts him. Sheamus Bro kicks Matt Hardy and pins him twenty seconds in to go up one nothing. Uh, Sheamus <laughs> loves just bro kicking guys and beating them in twenty seconds. eh?
1: it's I mean, listen, you get hit by that thing, it's over. I can I, I don't know what else to tell you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, and so it's... the heels jump ahead to a three one lead, and I feel like the energy just drops down. I just feel like it's too like. I think the lead seems too insurmountable. The fans don't really like it, uh, and uh, it just it, it's not great. Uh, now, of course, the Hardys tied up with three three minutes left. And the ending, okay, there's a couple of dumb things about the ending. Jeff Hardy gets a swanton bomb on Sheamus, but Cesaro's the legal man, and so he just pins Jeff after he hits the swanton bomb, and he goes up 4 through with less than a minute left. And I was like, I mean, obviously swanton bomb will take something out of you, but the idea that you're pinnable right after that seems stupid.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so then Cesaro – with 13 seconds left, Cesaro just leaves the ring running around, which makes sense. Um, but he does a dumb thing where he runs back in the ring and gets hit with a twist of fate on Jeff, by, by Jeff. Uh, but it's just like that other match, the uh, the Shawn Michaels-Curt Angle one where, oh, you get the finish on him. That would totally finish him, but time expires. And oh. so Sheamus and Cesaro win. Womp womp. And so it's just an annoying match. It wasn't it wasn't much fun. I didn't really like it. Right. And then Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. And the Extreme Rules 2018 for the IC title. The Intercontinental title is on, up for grabs here. 30-minute Iron Man match. It was the main event of the pay-per-view. Uh, I think I for an, Iron Man, an Intercontinental title match, which is, which is odd. Yeah. Um, a couple mistakes in here. Uh, at one point, Coach is on commentary. He was on commentary for a time in 2018. He, he, he refers to the, uh, the Shawn Michaels-John uh, Cena hour-long match for 2007 as an Iron Man match. It wasn't. It was just, a it was long just like match. an hour-long raw match, right? Yeah, it was just long. Yeah. Um, I think so. Seth Rollins goes up two nothing uh, after hitting a stomp. There's like 22 minutes left, and so Drew McIntyre, who is accompanying Dolph Ziggler down to the ring, he just jumps in the ring and attacks Rollins, and so Rollins goes up three nothing. Uh, and so he keeps attacking him, which he should get DQ'd again, but he doesn't. But he totally should. Yeah. And so uh, Ziggler crawls over and he pins Seth to to go. Okay, so even he makes it three one, uh, and then uh, Ziggler super kicks Rollins and pins him to make it three two. Like a minute later. And then he hits a zigzag on Rollins to make it 3 3. And like and he gets, I think it's three falls in less than two minutes, <laughs> which is too much. Um, the crowd is listless because it's the end of the night and they're chanting. Every time it's like 18 minutes and 10 seconds, they go 10, yeah, nine, ten 8, 7, nine, seven 6. Eight, nine, seven, four, six. Seven. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like genuinely embarrassing for the crowd. I'm like, what are you doing, guys? Uh, and so, yeah, they, they go back and forth. It's tied 4 4 with three minutes left. Uh, Dolph Ziggler tries to run away, <laughs> but, but Seth grabs him. And I'm like, just let him go. He'll get counted out, and you win. Like, that's a fall. That's how that works. Like, figure it out. Um, And so Seth gets a super kick and a stomp with seconds left, and Seth covers Dolph with zero minutes on the clock. And uh, it's over. Um, And so it's a draw. And so Dolph goes to leave, and then Kurt Angle comes out. He was the manager at the time, GM. And he declares it sudden death overtime. And it's like, oh. And so Drew McIntyre just distracts Seth Rollins, and Dolph gets a zigzag and pins Seth right away. Uh, (laughs) Totally takes the air out of things and sucks. Uh, yeah, it's too bad. I like the intrigue of the DQ stuff in the middle, but it ended up just not being great. Um, the second to last... Okay, so actually, the second last one uh, was one that I totally forgot about, which was the uh, the, the NXT Fatal 4-Way Iron Man match between uh, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Johnny gargano and Tommaso Ciampa for the uh, vacant uh, NXT title. Oh, I had boy. forgotten this happened. It would happen last year. I was really excited about it. Match didn't turn out to be too, too great. I liked it well enough. Um, the biggest problem was that Adam Cole and Finn Balor end up tied 2-2. Uh, the other guys had one fall apiece, and uh, so they didn't go to sudden death. They just uh, fought again next week, and Finn Balor won then. But uh, it was this great mm. Iron Man match, and the excitement was like, great. They're going fe- to crown somebody tonight. They didn't do it. I bummed me out. I didn't like it. Yeah. The last one. So that was the last That was the last 60-minute Iron Man match, too. Um, that was the, the one before that was uh, Bragan Rights 2009. It was like 11 years earlier, which is wild to think about.
1: Wow. That's a long time, yeah, because they're just like, oh, maybe a half hour. We got too much to do.
0: I guess so. The last one is uh, from NXT UK, a kid against Jordan Devlin uh, from this past August. Uh, And uh, I appreciate it. Before the match began, there was a, it's clarified right off the bat. It said, boom, if we have uh, time after, if if we're not, if we're tied with 30 minutes left, we do have sudden death. So there we go. Oh,
1: that's, that's, that's smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than like, oh, what happens now? It's like, no, No. sports make a contingency plan for in case, you know, you go to overtime. You flip a coin and then someone else wins.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, this match was great. I mean, if you don't watch NXT UK stuff every now and then, like totally, like find some guys you like and watch it because it's totally great. That's like, yeah, I got to dip in on it. They do some great technical stuff. You should totally watch this one. Uh, definitely goes up one nothing ten minutes in. He gets a Texas Cloverleaf because AK has a knee injury, and then so and then AK like essentially just roars back for the next like eight minutes, and then he gets an armbar and makes it one one with twelve minutes left, and then AK gets this kind of leg assisted version of this Rings of Saturn to go up two one with ninety seconds left. So that was interesting because he's. Mm. He's got it. He's the face. He's up with the 90 seconds left. And Devlin's trying to do whatever he can in the last 90 seconds. He gets a late strike, and he covers him with two seconds on the clock. But time expires, and Mm. AK is the winner. Nice. So that was a bunch of Iron Man matches. I watched them all. And (laughs) yes, the 30-minute ones are always kind of frustrating. And uh, there's always attempts to do interesting endings for it. Uh, you're always going to do versions of it where there's like a, a comeback. That's kind of the thing. You need to you need to have the heel go up uh, 3-1. Or, or Yeah, no, no one's ever going to
1: win an Iron Man match like, oh, 6-0. Well, look at that.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it would crazy. It'd be so brutal. Uh, so I'm excited to talk at length next week about Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar in an Iron Man match. The kind of match that I always think about where I'm like, man – Imagine if this match didn't happen. It would be one of those matches. Like, how cool would it be if Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle had an Iron Man match? It'd friggin be a happen dream it on match. Television. Yeah, it'd be a dream I'm match for sure. And so, uh, we're going to get back to the show, back to SmackDown. And we get a, a pay per view style video package for the match next week, uh, beginning with Brock talking about tapping on at SummerSlam and losing it to Kurt Angle. And then Brock talked about, uh, sorry, Brock is told he's an animal by Vince. We see footage of him destroying Spanky, which is a face move now. Uh, Zach Gowan, <laughs> and then Undertaker and Kurt Angle last week. We also see, uh, see Brock kidnap and assault Zach Gowan because he's a monster. We see Zach Gowan get thrown down a flight of stairs.
1: Before the Zach Gowan attack, there's a kind of a clearly 80-yard line from Michael Cole. that says, like, okay, yeah. the animal is here, and what else is Brock Lesnar capable of? And then it comes yes. to the Zach Gowan thing.
0: Yes, if, if, I remember that. Yeah,
1: the, the delivery of it didn't sound like it was something he said on commentary, and I don't remember him saying it. Also, I mean, we also just have to appreciate the fact that they're calling the Brock, Brock Lesnar the animal which is a moniker they use for just a completely different guy.
0: Different guy. Not not With a, a beast, tattoo. not a Manster, not the most dangerous man. As Manster
1: in... seems to be going the way of the Dodo, thankfully. The Dodo, actually. That'd be a cool gimmick.
0: It's the Dodo You've... Brock Lesnar.
1: Yeah, he thought it was gone, but it's actually... Uh... He's reverse Dodo. He'll make you extinct. He's an odd-odd. Odd. We, we get a
0: graphic. We get a graphic for Stephanie McMahon versus Brock Lesnar, which is on next. And they do something funny, which they've done before for Stephanie versus A-Train a few weeks ago. Yeah. Where instead of using normal motion graphics for the matches, they've taken a still uh in this case a, vi- a picture of Stephanie looking scared while holding a microphone, and they put it next to a still image of, of Brock. Yeah. Ooh,
1: they like, really want to emphasize the still image of Brock's, yeah. The still image is of Brock's like gif of him like flexing. Yes. And then yeah, it's a still image
0: of Steph looking just looking scared. She's looking scared holding a mic. Uh we're told that next week Shaniqua will get Tori and Nidia in a a handicap match. I believe that was per her request. That's and right. We, and we also have an Iron Man match. So tune in for Tori and Nidia and stay for uh, the 60-minute Iron, <laughs> Iron <Man match. laughs> You might as well stay, hang around for the Iron Man match. We come back to the ring for the last segment of the night. Vince McMahon is already in the ring, and he introduces Brock Lesnar. Uh, and it's great Brock Lesnar comes down. He's excited to be introduced by Vince. Uh, Brock has his pyro where he leaps onto the apron, and his pyro explodes out of the posts. And Vince has this wonderful reaction to them where he's like, holds his heart, and he's like, oh, my. Oh, great, great, Take it easy on yourself. And so Vince gets on the mic. He says, it's decision time for Stephanie. Are you going to quit as general manager or wrestle Brock? Are you going to quit as general manager? Yeah. So she, well, I assume she's going to come out and just say, I quit. I quit. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie comes out. She's apprehensive, but she's wearing her ring gear. And I noticed her ring gear is like this kind of this leather onesie or whatever you call mm-hmm. it, this vinyl or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but her, she has like little lapels. Like it's, it's a business it's suit or something. The weirdest. She always wears the weirdest stuff to the
1: ring. Like her ring gear has always been just super weird. I don't get it. Like they yeah. designed pretty good ring gear for everybody else. Like I, I think through like her whole career, like up until like when she had WrestleMania with uh tri- her and triple H against uh, Kurt Angle and Rodden maybe I, I'm remembering it wrong, but I just remember her ring gear is always really weird. And yeah. She's like, seems like a very awkward person. Michael Cole points out, he's like, Stephanie was wearing a suit earlier, but now she's dressed to
0: compete. Yeah. <laughs> Spun it off for us. Um, Vince, he takes this kind of like long road to say, like, okay, your presence here, Stephanie, is kind of an insult to me because you think that I won't take Brock on you, but I'm going to. <laughs> he's like, he's mad that she's there. Because she should have just like,
1: quit. You can't quit. You can't quit.
0: Uh, and so Stephanie slaps Vince, which leads to Brock immediately charging her in the corner. Uh, and she hits a low blow on Brock to get away from him. And then uh, Vince grabs her legs because she goes to leave, so she kicks him in the groin too. So boom, boom, couple of low blows, couple nutshots. Uh, Stephanie goes to leave, but as she's going past Brock Lesnar, who's still recovering from the nut shot, uh, Brock pops up and grabs her, and he tosses her roughly into the barricade. And then Brock goes over, kind of sits with her by the barricade with her, like holding her her head in his arms. And he's like talking as if he's back in like uh, the Thunderdome, as they would do, where they have this like <laughs> dialogue stuff, like a like a Roman Reigns match in the Thunderdome. Like that's that's right. Uh, no. And he's like, "I'm going to hit you with steel stairs," and she's like, "Huh?" Oh. And so he goes and grabs the steel stairs, <laughs> Don't do that. and she looks terrified. Vince looks shocked as well. And so Brock throws the steel stairs, but they hit the post, uh, and Stephanie dodges it and she leaves. And so Stephanie leaves. You know, she goes to the entranceway. Brock follows her. And then it comes back a few seconds later with her on his shoulders for an F5. And he walks down to ringside, he's right by the post, and Stephanie's yelling in her Stephanie voice. And then Kurt Angle finally runs down. <gasps> Kurt Angle is wearing his American flag, you suck shirt, which is a real look for September 11th. It's a really weird choice for a shirt. It is. Uh, Kurt rough. <laughs> so Kurt saves Stephanie. I'll put that in quotes because he, he essentially grabs Stephanie off of Brock's shoulders and just like throws her to the ground.
1: <laughs> Worse than anything Brock had done to her all night.
0: <laughs> yeah, like objectively. It's like, okay. And so he's just kind of like, it just gets Stephanie away from Brock. He feels like he succeeded. And so he starts to punch Brock. And there's a wonderful moment where Vincent Man comes over and he goes to spin Kurt around to punch him. But as soon as Kirk gets turned around, Kurt punches Vince in the face, and Vince has this wonderful, like, limp, hilarious way of selling. He's
1: so bad. <laughs> he's he's like I mean, he's he's to... hilariously it's bad. So good. Like, it's it it is like it is great. But if you were like in a wrestling school teaching kids how to sell a wrestling move, they'd be like, "What the Vince? What the hell was that? Get over here!"
0: Oh, I loved it so much. Uh, uh,
1: I, I I do love Vince's awkward, flaky sell. Just. Does anything to hurt himself when he doesn't need to style of wrestling.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so with Vince taken care of, uh, Kurt goes to go after Brock. But Brock gets uh, Kurt up for an F5. Kurt manages to get out of it, though. He throws Brock into the post. And Brock and Vince leave. Kurt throws the stairs at them. This is an instance of the invisible, uh, invisible wall there that happens sometimes where guys leave and somebody stays in the ring instead of chasing them down. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't possibly pursue them, man. That's, That's true. Crazy. Uh, I think recently, I think recently Jim Ross like referenced that on AEW. <laughs> like, oh, really? T- like, yeah. Like when it was. Like, yeah, it was, I, I appreciate that. I thought it was kind of funny that you're like, oh, he just he just says that now. Okay, interesting. Even if it doesn't help the product at all, he'll just say that. Uh, Jr. Without a script, man, just go for it. And so Kurt yells, "I want your ass now, Lesnar." As the show, <laughs> as the show goes off the air. He
1: wants it now.
0: I want it all. Nexus. And that that is a strange little episode of Smackdown with a couple of deviations there talking about the mall let's talk about Iron Man matches. Well, I would love to get your final thoughts on the show. I mean, I really wish I watched The Mullet so we can comment Do our that would be the full play game.
1: by play after the show. One thing I'll specify,
0: uh, Will, though, is yeah, we use the SmackDown video games of the mm, era to just. Thank to, you. I, I know you know this. I want the the listeners to know this, too, of course. No, I
1: appreciate this. Uh,
0: a good show is just bring it. A, an eh show is shut your mouth, and a bad show will be here comes the pain, which is not a reference to the quality of the games themselves, but the titles of the game, which seem positive, negative, and eh. So, Will, tell us about yeah, the night. Like, and what we thought?
1: Like the last two weeks, I think the McManity of it all should have been in the middle of the show, and like oh, the you know, a world. of oh, McManity. and like you know, for example, a WWE title match with Kurt Angle and the Undertaker. Maybe that should go on as your main event. I don't know. Um, sure, if you really yeah. want to sell the fact that Undertaker could possibly win this match because the title's on the line, if it's in the middle of the show. What do you think as a viewer? He's got no chance. Yeah, uh, so I know the parking otherwise. lot brawl had like. I, I guess it was it for the U.S. title. I don't know if it was on the line. Unclear. Un, yeah, unclear. Didn't matter anyway. Um, but uh, that that was such a a, a fun time, and uh, I think maybe that should have went on last. I mean, I know you want uh, your. your WWE title feud to be like the main event of things but for for this to end in kind of like a calamitous like oh you know again Steffi mcmahon non-match hopefully this gets blown off soon i think it does in the next couple of weeks but like damn yeah. again the mcmahonity of it all i'll reference the um uh, uh pro wrestling illustrated uh or was the Wrestling Observer news. It's Wrestling Observer. Keep getting it wrong, guy. uh <laughs> Most heinous promotional tactic. Too many McMahons in 2003. So there's too many McMahons. Of course there was. Of course there's too many McMahons. We got the McMahons on this show. We got Shane on Raw fighting Kane. Um, but all that said, uh, yeah, Matt, you're right. It was a fun little episode of SmackDown. I did enjoy it. Uh, nice 90 minute runtime or hour and a little bit runtime on the network uh, and the with the
0: parking lot brawl. That pushes it into a just bring it for me. There we go, very good. Um, so my, you know, I think I'm also just bring it because there's some gold yeah. in here. It's an hour long, so it's not like a big commitment for your time. I mean, the Latino Heat parking lot brawl is probably the thing that just carries it so much more. Like I just oh, was so yeah. like so good. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the uh,
1: <laughs> actually in the Benoit the Benoit Rhino match is like it's not bad. It's, not it's okay too. At. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It opens with like some fun cruiserweighty stuff. So. Uh, yeah, You know, even the APA-ness of it all is, like, entertaining, and at times, very yeah.
0: strange. Yeah. Will, do you want me to uh, – what I'll do – I have the most disgusting promotional tactic open here. Uh, I appreciate um, that, yeah. I would love – before I shut the show down here, yes. uh, do you want to throw me a year between the years 2020 and 1981? Uh, th- throw me out a year, and I'll tell so you what the I've, most disgusting
1: promotional – No, I have looked at this list before. The yeah. 1980s, like, early 80s are, like – I don't know, Wahoo McDaniel was promoting something and he didn't show up as the champion in Arkansas or something. Like, that was the most disgusting promotion. And then, like, 2015 is like, or, you know, let's say, for example, 2022 would be like, WWE selling NFTs? What the hell is that? So let's go with um, 93. Let's go with 93.
0: Lovely. Uh, Cactus Jack gets amnesia. So just the idea that you would poke fun at the fact that people get amnesia, they didn't. He didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, which was funny. Um, let me see here. What's the other <coughs> there?
1: Jack gets amnesia.
0: I love it. 2011. Uh, it was uh, promoting an anti-bullying campaign despite blatant mistreatment of Jim Ross. So they felt right. He was cr- yeah. yeah, don't be blown. a bully, be a star. Yeah, that was something that CM Punk uh, got cut
1: off for at the end of his uh, infamous pipe bomb rant. Yeah, he was like, oh, I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story. You know, we do this anti-bullying thing. I like. Like, his mic stops working. Uh, yeah. What else? Um, let's do. What was 2004 2004 might have been Eugene
0: No, it was the Kane and Lita pregnancy wedding miscarriage
1: angle. Yeah, okay, that was the whole thing. yeah, that was pretty uh, yeah. Uh, yeah that was, that was bad 2000.
0: Uh, was David Arquette winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship?
1: <laughs> okay. Because some of these things are just like, what a dumb booking decision. And some of these things are like, this is morally reprehensible.
0: This <laughs> is the podcast. Though. I'm realizing this show. now. This should be my next podcast, guys. I should just go through and watch all the stuff connected to each one of these. I was going to say, like,
1: find out. You know, it's, Yeah, the, the podcast trailer is like wrestling. It can be entertaining. It can be moving. But it's sometimes it can be disgusting. <laughs> I'm Matt Vaughn. Of the SmackDown Six podcast, my next podcasting endeavor. Fr- Pro Wrestling Illustrateds. Wait, no, take that again. <laughs> wrestling Observer newsletters, most disgusting wrestling promotional tactic from 1981 to 2020. Join me as I'll go every year and watch the top uh, one most disgusting promotional tactic and say, "Was it disgusting, and why?"
0: It's mm. a great question. There, um, there's a couple different. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are just involving the guy who uh, murdered Bruiser Brody.
1: Right. Yeah. The, in, in Puerto Rico. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, always a fun list to look at. Maybe we'll stay tuned for <laughs> a Hollywood a podcast with that. That could be very fun. Uh, it could be a whole thing, which is interesting. Um, so, folks, thank you so much for joining me on the SmackDown Six podcast. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you breaking this down with me. Matt, I appreciate uh, being here as well. And uh, I, I got to go, actually,
1: because um, I got a screener. Of uh, the hot new UPN sitcom, The Mullets. Ooh, Dude, very exciting. they got funny haircuts. It's got to be a funny show. I, I'm going to guess it's going to be like a, a mash kind of situation. It's going to go
0: for. Years and years and years. Yeah, I'm hoping you can get on. Maybe season two. Maybe season three. Maybe you can get it. Oh, walk if on. only.
1: I, I mean, I bet they film it like uh, you know in Burbank. I, I'm in Vancouver, BC, so I'd have to fly down, get American citizenship, um, pay a lot of money for immigration lawyers, uh, get all my uh, you know packages together. But <clears throat> hmm, yeah, I think that's a worthwhile endeavor. Pretty worth it. Yeah, folks. So. You,
0: I'll tell you what will be worth uh, doing is joining us next week. For the show, we are going to be watching the September 18, 2003 episode of SmackDown, Everything from Raleigh, North Carolina. It features the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle Iron Man match for the WWE title. It's a great match. It's going to be a great show. Really looking forward to talking about it. It's going to be fantastic. Folks, you can follow us on uh, Instagram and on Twitter, SmackDown6Pod. Uh, you can share the show with a friend if you think a friend will love the show. I think they are going to love it. Maybe you want to jump in next week for the Iron Man match. Uh, maybe you let the Iron Man history laid out. We can talk about that there. You can, you can get in there. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us while you're doing the rest of your life. Or maybe you're just listening to us as you're just sitting in a room like it's like the the 60s or something. You listen to us on your hi-fi machine or something like that. So um, that is going to do us for the Smash on 6 podcast today. Uh, Will, if you just want to join me here, I've got uh, circled a Mm -hmm. bunch of cars together. Um, Oh, look at
1: that. I just want to show you
0: a close-up of this uh, car uh, window here.
1: What is that like a, a, a
0: Mazda Mazda 3? And 5? you're going in ah! See you next week folks